Welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 227, The Fate of the Furious Lap 10. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode's brought to you by the Garden Brothers Nuclear Circus, Humans Gone Wild. Garden Brothers has been entertaining families for over 100 years and now the largest circus on earth. Shout out to the Garden Brothers Nuclear Circus. Well, shout out to the Garden Brothers and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever after the break. So we've done 227 episodes of the show. Up until this point, I think every guest has been largely, except for Rachel, but that's like kind of whatever. Yes. Every guest has basically been booked by me. But Joe, you you, you stepped up. We got <laughs> a new guest. We got, we got one. So one of the tally marks. <laughs> if this is the beating happy game. Yes, you get one point. Ding. <laughs> Your friend Josh Buckley of the Wool lot, Whole Lot of Wolves, right? Is that what it's called? Whole Lot of Wolves. Yes, yes. That's the name of the podcast. And we'll talk to him about that. We'll talk about Fate of the Furious after the break. But Joe, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last spoke? I went home this weekend to Pittsburgh to visit my parents and hang out because um, I saw the weather was going to be nice and I just needed to get out of Connecticut for a couple days. Rachel and I drove back Friday and got to see them, got to hang out, got to eat a whole bunch of my favorite foods that are there. Not even anything like super exciting, but just like one of my favorite Italian restaurants in Pittsburgh, one of my favorite places to get a cheesesteak in Pittsburgh. And then I went to like the Yinzer sports stores. There's like a strip there. There's a, there's a place in Pittsburgh called the strip district and they have like a bunch of stores that like specifically just sell Pittsburgh sporting goods type shit. Like yep, not like okay. sporting goods like equipment, but like just like Steelers, Penguins, Pirates. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Everything, right? New like, or used or both? New it's new stuff, but actually yeah, okay. so not like consignment shops or whatever. It's it's like all like Yeah, it's brand new, but um a lot of the times they get like the overflow or like last seasons stuff from like the stadium it feels like okay you know what i mean so it's not like the newest on the field stuff but you'll get like last year's or whatever at like a decent price and they also print like all these goofy t-shirts like they always have like like whenever anything happens in pittsburgh sports they'll like print a t-shirt so like when i went back this time they had like a sid 500 goals one right because that just Mm -hmm. happened Mm -hmm. and they'll just be like five dollar t-shirts that you get in the strip district and they're always like kind of janky and like not very well designed but it's kind of the charm of them for me sure yep Mm -hmm. so went there did that hung out with my mom and dad ate some food uh had a really chill weekend recorded with you i helped them at the store there's like the store slammed so is the store never not slammed or no i mean i know it's all i know you usually go back on holiday weekends it's always crazy but like it sounds like they're busy all the time <laughs> they're very busy all the time especially since the pandemic with people not flying so much oh um, yeah sure like this weekend being president's day weekend was very 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 busy Yes, and I usually target, like, right, because, right, like, like, you know, Monday is, like, not really a – it wasn't off for work for me, but at the same time, it's, like, a holiday that a lot of people get off and drive. Yeah, yeah they – so, okay, so, for example, just to, just to give you, like, a thing, we rented out 30 cars in two hours on Sunday. Yeah, that seems like a lot. Just math-wise, like, what's the turnaround? You Every know what I mean? four minutes, yep. Mm-hmm. That's insane, right? Like, that's yeah. – bananas so yeah imagine what it's like to just like 
even just like, hey, can I have your license? In, that that takes 25 seconds, right? And you run it out there. So, yeah, um, they're always busy. It's good for them. So, and I like to help them when they're busy. So, cool. It was fun. You guys watch any uh, Oscar movies, or did you take that time off because you were out of town? No, we took that time off because we were out of town. We were uh, at night. We were watching. Um, we we're catching up on Love Is Blind. I think we watched another Murderville. We're like we're actually in like a nice spring of shows right now. So it's like do you, that. Do you see what I mean with Murderville? Like you, you, you might not want to watch more than one at a, a time. A hundred percent, I'm with you. And that's not like, like a bad thing. It's not like a criticism nope. of the show. It's just like it's so similar by design that it's just like, yeah, I, I get it. Like it, each episode is good. I think I do think each episode's good, but like more than one at a time is too much. I absolutely agree. We watch one at a time for sure. It's nice to cut into things. Like, you know, like, we'll be watching, like, we're, we actually almost finished Kim's Convenience. <laughs> we're on season five sure. already. Yep. Right, because it's, like, 20-minute episodes, and it's another one of these shows that you could just, like, watch. Like, that you can watch, like, you know, chunks of four episodes a night or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But, yes, I'm with you on Murderville. We cut it in. You know, like, when we're like, oh, okay, we watched two of this. We'll cut one of those in. Um, we caught up on The After Party. Okay. Um, did you watch the most recent episode? The Was the most recent one the animated one? Or no? Yes. Yeah, okay. The animation was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that last night. Oh, and the other thing was, is we, you, I, and Mike have just been talking about the transporter. Yeah. Yes. Right? Forever. <laughs> Forever. And there's three of them. When I finished it, I said to you guys yesterday, like, you know, we had watched Transporter 3, and I was like, you know what, like, the, the watching the transporter makes me want to revisit John Wick. So, like, last night we rewatched the first John Wick, because Rachel had never seen it, and she really enjoyed it. Yeah, so, it's great. Yeah, it's great. So like, but it was just like in that mode, like I hadn't seen it. I wasn't really hype on it when it came out. Like, it's still a lot of like action and hand to hand combat for me. But when I was watching the transporter, I was like, oh, John Wick does this way better. Yeah, right? it's like, like <laughs> it's like I know that's not your genre. But if you're going to watch the movies, you might as well watch the best in the genre, right? Yes. So. Yeah. So that's, that's what we did. And um, so now I'm home and back. I just, just am chilling and hopefully going to have a little bit more relaxed at home weekend this weekend um how about you brother what have you been up to let's see let's see i saw on third because we recorded last wednesday we're back on the yes. wednesday recording schedule so wes there you go we're back on wednesdays so feel the comfort of being able to record an email on wednesday mornings yes um on thursday night i saw uncharted the new tom holland oh, how mark Wahlberg it? movie Death of the Nile, which I saw last week, and Uncharted, and I also watched Channing's movie Dog on Sunday. They're all good. They're all, I like them all, but they're all going to fall on my year-end list in that middle chunk of like, yeah, it's a movie that I liked and I can't tell you a single thing about. It's just like, okay. yeah, it's pleasant. I enjoy it. Uh, I will watch a million treasure hunting movies. People, yeah. people don't like it for whatever reason. They're like, this isn't like the games. Yeah, it's not like the games, but who cares? Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just two actors who are like doing stunts and like, you know, finding treasure. It's just like, yeah, it, what, what do you want from this? I'm really hyped. This is a perfect at-home Rachel and I type movie. Yeah, 100%. Like, kind of funny. I'm, I, I haven't seen it, but it seems like it's like, you know, action-y, adventure-y, and like you could watch this at home on a random yeah. weeknight and be yeah. like, oh, that was enjoyable. Not remember it. Not say yep. it's great, but yep. It's like I've seen the Tomb Raider movies, and I've seen the National Treasure movies, and like, you know, I've seen the Mummy movies, and like, let's just watch Uncharted. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, it's the same, yeah. it's all the same thing. Yep. Then on Friday, so I, I think I talked on here before that I my, I... I inherited, not inherited, because they're still alive, but I got from my parents the <laughs> pool table that they had had. So when my dad graduated high school in the 60s, or yeah, in 69, I guess, oh, his aunt was like, hey, do you want a color TV or a pool table? He's like, I'll take a pool table, which is the right answer for me, because a color TV would not survive till 2022, right? Nope. 
Got a pool table from like the 1910s that was restored in the 60s. It's this beautiful table. So it was in my it parents' is. basement it's my really entire nice. It's, thank you. It was in my parents' basement my entire life, always covered in boxes, never got to use it. So then when I was moving out, they were like, what do you want? You know, we got a lot of furniture, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what I really want is the pool table. And they said no. And I eventually wore them down. I got the pool table here, had a company that was based in Philly, move the table, get it all leveled, beautiful. Because it's 110 years old or whatever, and the wood is sort of like, it's just been in damp dusty musky basements or whatever for musty basements for years decades it just sort of started to wear and so like the legs that they had you know where they put the shims to level it because in my parents house it was largely level but my my basement's not exactly level so they put like wood underneath it which is like common practice but because the wood under the the legs like the bottom of the legs wood is old and wearing down it like sort of like absorbed the wood kind of and so it got unleveled it It mushed into it yeah so I call these guys back up and I'm like, hey, do you want to come back out here? And they're like, yeah, so I, I'm going to say how much it costs because I need you to know the alternative. To get them to level the table this time, to re-level it and to repair it and to make sure that it, like it's good basically forever was $650, which is kind of a lot of money. But Sounds for an lot. antique table, whatever. So I'm like, but, okay. Yeah. And my dad's like, make sure you're not getting ripped off. I'm like, I trust these guys, but I will get another quote. So I call like four other pool table companies. And most of them don't work on antique tables, which I totally understand. Okay. One of them says, call this place. They're based in New York. They're going to be expensive, but, like, they do the work. I'm like, okay, cool. So I call the guy. And he's like, okay, send me pictures, and I'll give you a quote. Okay. So send me pictures. Do you want to guess, knowing they're expensive and knowing I went with the thing that was $650, how much do you think the work to repair, which would be proper disassemble of the table? Oh, God. Which is what this company did. So what this company did is they disassembled the table, repaired the legs, glued nicely wood to the bottom, and then re-leveled it and also fixed a crack on the leg. So how much do you think this company that's expensive based in New York, (laughs) knowing that I paid $650? Five grand. You are too low. More than $6,500. You are too low. One more guess. Eight grand. The deposit was five grand. The quote was $14,500. And like, or you could buy a new table for $18,000. And I was just like, thank you. And I just never talked to them again. (laughs) Yeah, that's bananas. $650 doesn't sound too bad now. Yeah. Exactly. So I called like five places, only two would do the work. And I said to my parents, I'm like, I'm going to go with this one company because like they do the work. They're good. They're good dudes. And it's also a literal fraction of the cost of the other quote. So they came out at noon on Friday and we were supposed to record transporter two on Friday night. But these guys are so thorough and so careful and so methodical. They're also like listening to music, whatever, but like they're, I was with, I was downstairs most of the day. It's not like they're slacking off. They were there from noon to seven 30. So suddenly $650 seems like I'm not giving them enough money. Because now all of a sudden it's under a hundred dollars an hour for like, precise work that like is sort of specialized with specialized tools whatever we had to push the transporter recording to sunday and then bob was coming over because we were recording a lotto pod and we had actually reached out to the author who's just kind of this dude in florida and we're like hey do you want to talk about the book on the podcast he's like sure yeah how did this go i forgot it was great it was awesome so i'm I'm editing that now so it'll come out like in two months or something but i think it's like toward the end of april like we're ahead because we got a big book coming up 
But I was just like, oh no. So I'm like, Bob, okay, I need you. Cause like these guys are like, it's like seven. I'm watching, I'm like, Bob shows up at like seven. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm getting him situated upstairs. Like I have like all the audio, whatever. Like I had to, we were recording remotely, but I had like the, I had like the hardware and I had to like do a different kind of setup. So I'm like worried the audio is not going to work, but I tested, I had to buy this new equipment. I think it's all fine, whatever. And then I'm like, okay, so it's like 720 and like, they're like packing things up. I'm like, Hey guys, like, you know, can I help you get out of here or whatever? Like, they're like, Oh, you want us to do this other thing? I'm like, no, you know, like I'm good now. Like whatever, maybe next time, whatever. And so I helped them get out and like, it's 730 and I'm just like, Bob, just get in there. Cause Blake, the author, is there, and so he and Bob talk for, like, five minutes. They cool. take some pictures at the table, and they leave, and then we have a great conversation or whatever. But I'm just like, I can't believe seven and a half hours, but the table looks beautiful. I sent you and uh, Mike a picture of it, and, like, I just... It, it looks, looks very nice, yeah. so I'm glad that they did a good job. But and it's cool, like I mean, the table's old, and it was your dad's. It, like that, I like everything about the story, right? Like you're, you'll yeah. have your dad's old pool table, yeah. right? So that's cool. And I think like he's happy that like it's you know in use and not like under boxes and whatever. And so yeah, I agree. So that was Friday. Then on Saturday, I had some friends over, some you know college friends, some new friends to do a rock band party. And speaking of seven and a half hours, we played rock band for like seven or eight hours on okay. Saturday night. But the heroes of the evening, my kittens, Fox and Dana, four and a half months old now, were not scared. This is the most people they've ever been around. Good. This is the, the loudest noise they've ever been around. They were in the living room. Like, they got a little spooked sometimes. But, like, they hung out all night. They were they got picked up all night. They were, like, petted all night. That's Champions. awesome, Champions. Real awesome. hero cats. Were they we, – you said you, like, found – you adopted them, but, like, were they strays? Like, were they outside? No, they were in a shelter, and I think I said, but, like, I don't know what it means, but they're, like, they came from a bad situation. I don't know what that means, but, like, they were in a shelter. They were in that, like, hippie commune shelter I was telling you about. You, Remember, yeah. which is, like, cats just everywhere, which is, like, okay. You know, Milo and Pierre are brother cats that were found on the street in Brooklyn, so they are very, very chill around people noises one of them is more chill than the other but yes pierre just hates people like yeah. he hates he's not he's not like scared of people he just like hates them but yes so. well, he fits in well with you and rachel then exactly yeah he's very much her cat like he like he'll just like he comes down when he wants and like he'll stay upstairs for the most part and be like wait till these fuckers leave my house but like yeah. he's not gonna like you know like hide and stuff so and then speaking of pets, on Sunday I saw a dog, the new Channing Tatum movie, Channing back acting. He also co-directed this, oh, which is pretty cool. cool. How was it? It's good. I liked it. Uh, it's one that like literally everyone I think could enjoy. Okay. Um, it's about you know Ch- Channing is a former military guy trying to get back in the military, but he has like a brain injury, like some kind of you know concussion from war. And his friend was a guy who had a, a dog that he was handler of overseas that was trained to do like you know all sorts of stuff at war and the guy dies and the family requests that the dog be brought down for the funeral. But the dog also has PTSD. So Channing mm-hmm. has to take this dog down. Like it's like a road movie and just him and a dog. And the considering it's kind of like gold where it's like Zeph against no one for most of the movie. Yeah. It's dog. It's, it's Channing. Uh, I mean, he's, he's with people a lot of the movie, but like a lot of the, like maybe half of it, just him and the dog. And he's really, really good. Um, so, you know, we didn't, finish the Magic Mike's podcast, but you and I both have a fondness for Channing, and so it's good to see him back and good to see the movie, so I like that. That's cool, and um, Haley was just messaging me the other day, harassing me gently for more Magic Mike's. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, when Dog comes out on VOD, because Lord knows I'm not going to the theaters to see it, possibly we could consider... We'll see. 
doing we'll a dog episode. But that's just just a just a thing that I just brought up now. So okay, and then two uh, Netflix updates. I finished Archive eighty one. Not worth seeing, I don't think. Uh, kind of underwhelming. And then they just put out yesterday, as we're recording this short thing called Cat Burglar, which I tweeted I saw about. You tweeting, yeah. Go ahead. What is it's it about? like Looney Tunes animation. It's like a twelve minute long thing, but it's like Bandersnatch. Did you and Rachel do Bandersnatch, that Black Mirror thing? Do you remember oh, like, the was interactive? It, it, was choose, it was Choose Your Own Adventure yes. Black mm-hmm. Mirror. I feel like we did do this, yeah. So it's kind of like that, but like it's a cat is trying to rob a piece of art from a museum, and there's a dog who's the guard dog. He's a cat burglar and a guard dog, of course. Okay. And so there's like six different, like almost like quick time events, like a video game throughout the short film, but there's like trivia questions kind of, but like, it's like sort of jokey and sort of serious. And like, it's a weird thing. So like you can die, like you can, you have three lives in the thing. And if you get any of the three questions wrong, you lose a life, but you you keep going. So if you lose three lives in the short film, uh, you die. So I intentionally died to see what that was like. But then there's also like six pieces of art. So I just like went and like at the end, it's like, oh, you got all the art. But like you keep playing because there's more story to see or whatever. So I did it for maybe, you know, movie length last night, maybe like an hour and a half. So it's cool. I don't know if you that need to do the whole fun. thing, but like, you know, spend half an hour with it. I think it's, it's I think it's fun. And it looks amazing. That sounds like a very, very fun, interesting thing to do, and that might be your recommendation for tonight. I might yeah. do that tonight. That sounds fun. It's something that you could literally spend 12 minutes on, and you're like, yeah, I'm good, or like probably half an hour is a sweet spot, or if you want to do them all, you know, maybe like an hour and a half or whatever. Yep. Cool. And the only thing is that a video game, there's a video game coming out on, actually, I want to look up what the Metacritic's at right now. There's a video game coming out on Friday called Elden Ring, which is from this company from software that did like Dark Souls and Demon Souls and... I have video game friends who are like incredibly, incredibly excited for it. Uh, 45 reviews in so far. The review, like the embargo lifted today and an average rating on Metacritic of 97. Uh, this is going to be like one That's of the insane. greatest games of all times. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to Elder Ring. I've never played the other ones in the series, but they're, the whole thing is like very, very, very brutally hard. Like, you know, just you keep dying until you learn how to beat the boss. So that's like the shtick. So, yeah. Oh, cool. And one thing, now that you brought that up, I totally forgot. I went home and I was asking my mom last time that we were, like, last time that I was talking to her a couple months ago. I was like, hey, do you remember, do you have any of my Pokemon cards? Did you save any? Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, they're all in a box downstairs. Like, I, I know I didn't throw them away. So I was like, cool. So, like, before I left on Monday, I went downstairs and was like, I'm going to look for these. Like, I looked through a bunch of boxes. I can't find them. And, like, I finally, like, opened one box and, like, find, like, I kept all of my good holographic cards, which are, like, all, like, base set cards, jungle, like, what, fossil, like, the first three Mm -hmm, sets, mm -hmm. a lot of first edition cards, and, like, I had, like, all of the, like, rares and hollows in, like, one book, and I found that book when I was there, along with a bunch of other cards, but I was really, really excited, so I have, um, a whole bunch, I think that I'm missing, like, one thing that, like, I, I got so excited when I found the book where I knew that they were, that, like, I stored them in the binder as a kid, that, like, I was like, okay, cool, and I just, like, stopped looking and, like, because I found, like, a couple boxes under it, but right. I found, like, all my old Pokemon cards. So, like, I was really, really hyped on that this weekend. Um, and you just reminded me because I know you were talking about you and Jerry playing Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, 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 the ones that have real value are the first edition, like, Charizard of Blessed. Like, the first edition Charizard, if it's in good shape, is, like, hundreds of dollars. Like, I have Charizard's in good shape, but they're not first edition, so... They're they're still worth a ton of money. Like, I think Zach just sold his, his like, random non-first edition Charizard, not graded... Like for like four hundred bucks, like a couple weeks ago. Really? Yeah. So I have one too, and I just found my book. So, and I have like a bunch of like 
really weird, weird like promo cards like from the movies like random misprint stuff that like I knew as a kid I have some first editions of the base set stuff but like nothing super crazy check it out and um I'm stoked that I found all of mine and also like I'm just like you know keep flipping through it like oh man so much yeah, it's cool just to have like it's you know I'm I'm lucky that I I don't feel the need to like because I'd rather have that than like sell it and like have the regret to not have it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, but I feel you know I'm lucky to think, have the privilege of like having a little bit of disposable income that I don't have to spend or sell like this asset or whatever, right? Yeah. So for me, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, yes, I actually do plan on selling a lot of mine because a lot of people buying them are like, oh, I you know I'm buying them because like I either lost mine or. I didn't have it as a kid, whereas, like, I did have, all like, a whole bunch of these as a kid. So for me, I'm like, the nostalgia is cool because I remember it, but I'm probably going to save, like, a couple that I like and then sell the ones that are worth a lot of money because I'm like, yeah, like, I had them, right? Like, I had them during the heyday. So for me to have them now, it's like the wave of them being expensive, like, I'm going to have to wait the next 20 years, right? Or the 30 years till they peak again. So Yeah, I wonder. I have the entire, like, the entire first run, I guess, with, like, all 150 or whatever. I have the entire set. Not first edition, but I have the entire set, so. You have a base set? I have a, I, I'm sure that I have a full base set. I'm missing a couple. That's what I said. I think that, like, some of them are in another box and probably were being used in decks and stuff. And, like, I couldn't find that last box. So, like, I'm missing, like, maybe, like, three or four of the rares from the first set but i have pretty much everything else yeah i remember spending like not spending because i didn't spend the money on it i was that was back when i was like i before i had disposable money i was just like dad i need i need more packs i can't get a nido king nido king was the last one. Oh, really yeah. and i finally got one on christmas morning like he got me like i think like maybe like a box of boosters or something i'm just like finally 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 i have that's pretty awesome yeah and nido king what a fucking shitty like one to be I know. missing right i would like, never yeah yeah so stupid <laughs> I love it, though. That's awesome. I th- oh, uh, speaking of Pokemon, I, I finished the downloadable content things. I found another Shiny, which was cool. Cool. Um, I started the next game, which is not the new game, but I'm sort of you know going to play that in the background while I play Elden Ring. Cool. And I'm also playing Ali Ali World, which is a uh, skateboarding game that's pretty cool on Xbox, too. So getting back into video games, sort of, kind of. That's cool. We have a Patreon page here on the show, Too Fast, Too Forever.com, where you can get bonus episodes like Transporter 2, which is out now as you listen to this. True. Swag and merchandise, all sorts of stuff. So shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party. Ooh. Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Renato, Gitanano, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, and Jessica Ooh. Collins, a.k.a. Mon- Montez. Oh, she texted me. Hold on. Thank you all for supporting us the $5 a month level or above. Or did she tweet it at us or did she text me? Hold on. I think texted you because I didn't see the tweet. She said, I keep trying to get a video... But her son, Kiernan, learned about drifting. Now, all of her vehicles have to go drift. But it wasn't that. I think it was something. Oh, she emailed. She emailed me. That's why we're going to get to that, too. So, yes, I knew it was somewhere, but I should have just checked the next thing. But shout out to everybody I just said for the support is the $5 a month level or above. Bonus episodes at least once a month. Swag and merchandise. Our undying love and affection. Too fast. Tooforever.com. We also have a store at tofasttoforever.shop if you want to go do that. And we have an email address family at cageclub.me if you want to email into the show and we have four things to read one of which is an email com- uh, a youtube comment three are emails okay 
First up on the Fast and Furious Spy Racers video, the original, the OG, episode 64, Nicholas Roberts asks, Hey, people, have you ever watched Frozen Furious before? And I don't know what Frozen Furious is. Do you know? No. Is it some kind of, like, YouTube crossover thing? I'm is guessing. Frozen? Fro- well, there is Fast and Furious on Ice, wasn't there, or no? No, no. We called it Fast and the Furious on Ice, but there was a live Fast and the Furious. Oh, right. Okay. There's when you search Frozen Furious, there's Fast and Furious Frozen Missile Attack, which is like a Mattel toy set. Did you just try YouTube in general and see if there's like a Fast and Furious and Frozen crossover type situation going on? Frozen Furious, there is. It's all the Mattel stuff. No, I don't see it. No, I, then I have no idea what it is. That would be my, you know, these like mashup cartoons. We've talked yeah. about this before, like that they make for like kids that are just like, you know, like propaganda. <laughs> I mean, yeah. brainwashing that are just like, if you put Frozen and Fast and Furious and, and Spider-Man and Sonic all in one thing. I just sent you on Facebook the listing for the Mattel Frozen missile attack, which is fitting for this episode because it's from Dude. the, it's the ice charge from fate. Yeah, it's not, let's. It's not that expensive. No, let's add this to the toy list for next year already. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. This is really, really cool. It's actually hard. To, like, if you search Fast and Furious toys, like you don't get many. So this is pretty cool. Good find. I don't know. I don't know how you how you. I guess you guys search like Mattel Fast and Furious. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? But shout yeah, out to Nicholas won't. Roberts I, indirectly finding this. Uh, but okay, so here's the thing from Montez. Subject line: New FF spinoff? Question mark. Can you guys confirm? And then this is, I think, is her kid's hand in the background here. But she sends a picture, and she says, (laughs) it's a picture of Lightning McQueen. Yes. With a beetle on the back. Yes. And she says, I'm thinking the bug is the hero in this one. Much love, Montez. That's very cute. It's a gigantic beetle that covers, like, the entire back of a Lightning McQueen car that he has. So... This thing is mad. Like, I would be scared to let this near my child. I wonder if it's dead. <laughs> it's so big. I'm saying to her, we covered this on episode 226. You're just about caught up, right? We have follow-up questions. So <laughs> to Montez. Thank you, Montez, for sending the picture. It's cool. cute. It's very cute. We have two more emails, both about the transporter, both with an identical subject line, the transporter. So first up from Emily C, subject line, the transporter. Hey, guys. What's up, Emily? How are you doing, lady? She says... I'm starting off with a couple of random thoughts I had while listening to the episode intro. First of all, my parents' house has a toilet like that in the basement. Oh, a Pittsburgh potty. And I never knew that it was sort of a regular thing or had a name. You learn something new every day. Second, one of my teachers in high school was a Vikings fan, and if the team won a game around the time we had an exam, everyone would get extra points added to our test grade. I can't recall if that ever happened when I was in that class. Well, (laughs) historically, not a great team. So, I mean, you know. That's cool, too, though, right? I love it. Very cool. Yeah, I do. Weirdly enough, Emily says, I actually saw an episode of the Transporter TV show before I knew about the movies. I don't really remember it that much, but I vaguely remember looking it up afterwards and finding out about the franchise. Of course, it then took me a few years before I watched the movies. I enjoyed them, but they're not ones I go back to all the time. Makes sense. The relationship between Frank Martin and Inspector Tarconi is definitely more interesting than Frank's relationship with Lai, which I agree with, and I think we all agree with that. Yeah. Especially since... Both men are in the first three movies together. I remember being a bit uncomfortable with how the sex scene with Frank and Lai played out. Maybe it was a forced heterosexuality, but I didn't like it. That's also fair. It does seem very strange. Much like the third one 
where mm-hmm. she's aggressive towards him it seems very strange. Yes, and as a reminder, if you want to hear episodes two and three, two is only on our Patreon, and three will be on Third Time's a Charm on March 3rd. So this episode comes out, I think, March 1st. So just in a couple days on the main feed, on Mike's free feed, Transporter 3. So yes. here, let's talk about that weird, awkward sex scene, like like Joe's saying. Yeah, exactly. Madeline's, 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 the French breakfast pastry, Madeline's, the French breakfast pastry lie makes are absolutely delicious. I started making them after I saw this movie for the first time. Your episode inspired me to make a batch for the first time in ages. I've been looking for an excuse (sighs) to whip some up. So thanks. And she says, P.S. I figured that since you inspire me to make some, I send you a picture of the finished product. So here is the picture of the Madeline's. I love Madeline's. They're really, really awesome. And they used to sell them in a pack at Starbucks. And it was like my sister's favorite thing. Like she would buy some every time we would pass a Starbucks. You would get like a little pack of three of them. I think they're awesome. I would like to make them. I assume that they're not like a super difficult baked good, right? Like there's not. No, I literally have no idea. Yeah, I think you need a special pan to get them in this, like, weird shell shape type situation. I think that's, like, the, the main key of it. Gotcha. But it's like a little cake, like, right? It's like like half a cupcake or, you know what I mean? Not even a half a cupcake. Like, but Well, these like are, a, like, yeah, these are tiny, like, sort of, like, bite-sized, like, cookie size almost, right? So. Yeah, they're like a little boat. Yep. They look great. So, good job, Emily. Yeah, you did. These do look awesome. I, and now you're making me hungry. So, thanks. Huh. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> And our last email also about the transporter from Wes. What up, fam? What up, Wes? How are you doing, bud? Wes says, excellent episode on the transporter. It was nice to hear Mike on the show again. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on two and three. By the time you read this, you'll have watched all three, so you'll know if you agree or not. But I remember liking the first one a bit. Second one was disappointing. The third was sort of in between. So Wes (laughs) agrees with me and neither of you two. So stay tuned for Transporter 3 on Mike's show to hear all the final rankings. But Wes, that's exactly what I thought. We all varied in what we thought about which ones. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yes, you're right. You totally agreed with Joey. Uh, so there you go. I also haven't seen these movies in many years, so I don't remember them that well. Well, you know, there's a reason for that. Like, it's, you know, you're like, oh, the hose. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, if we talk about that, too, it's like you probably remember like one scene from each one pretty well. But overall, like if you had to point out which one it was in and stuff, you'd be like, ah. Yep. Wes says, you were wondering why this hit big enough to launch a franchise. I think the real answer is just Statham finally cast as the action lead. But we also found out it's just because of DVD sales. But yes, for sure. Yeah. And international box office takes. Correct. Yes. Which we learned as the movies went on. That was not something we discussed in the first one, which is the only one out as Wes wrote this. So that stuff he knows now as he hears this, but not when he wrote the email. So no shade. But that's what we learned. At this point, he'd done English crime comedies like Lockstock which, hint, hint, stay tuned to the end of the episode, Snatch and Mean Machine, which is how I knew him, and in supporting roles in Ghosts of Mars, Turn It Up, and The One, but no one had really seen him as the action lead. Obviously, we have a ton of movies that show him off in that role better than The Transporter, but this was the first movie that really saw his potential as the brooding, calculating badass. He had a couple of moderate successes after this, like The Italian Job, but in a few years, he's going to start getting away from more leading man, badass action guy roles. Most of the movies around that time are forgettable, but he's the lead and he's killing everyone. Without this movie being the transporter, I don't think his career launches as quickly as it did, but I do rem- I, I do think it's better in my memory than watching it through the lens of newer action films. We showed the oil fight scene someone recently. I remember thinking it's cool, but not as cool as I remember it being at the, at the time. That is probably an excellent assessment. I would agree with you. And yeah. you heard my take of, like, let me just watch John Wick after this now. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think that we're on the exact same wavelength, Wes. He says, Justin brought up explosions in the sky on the last episode. I never listened to them, even though I was in high school in Austin around the time they were hitting big. Then last year, I started listening to a few instrumental post-rock playlists while working, and Mrs. West started watching Friday Night Lights for the first time. I told her I recognized the theme as one of their songs on one of my playlists. I started playing it, but we both realized it sounded a little off. So I Googled it, and apparently the producers asked the band to let them use a song for the show, but the band turned them down, so they just ripped them off instead. (laughs) They listened to Friday Night Lights TV theme and the song Your Hand in Mine Back to Back. They're very similar, but different enough to not be copyright infringement. Well, that's weird and funny and kind of sucks. That's that's hilarious. I... I love and hate when that happens. As a Lifetime movie fan, we get that mm-hmm. a lot, right? They like make up a song and you're like, oh, this is supposed to be this song, but they clearly couldn't get that, so they made a song that sounds pretty close to it, but yeah. definitely not the same thing. Um, it just sucks that like the artists get kind of gypped out of it, but in that story, it seems like they asked them to use it and they said no, so... Yeah. Sorry. Also for Justin, a little bit of shameless plug for my friend's band. If you like Explosions in the Sky, check out Still Motions, S-T-I-L-L space M-O-T-I-O-N-S, Still Motions. They're a similar type of instrumental post-rock, but maybe a bit heavier. close friend of mine plays guitar, and I really like them aside from having that personal connection. My friend through the band gave me a much better appreciation of the genre. That's it for now. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. That's cool. That's very cool. Very cool. Hope Justin takes that recommendation. Justin is is a great music uh, recommender, too. He's good. And that's all the emails for today. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, we'll read it on the next episode, which if you just listen to what I just said, you know what next week's going to be, but we'll talk about it at the end of the episode. Hmm. All right. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Actually, one thing, one more thing that's sort of mailbag adjacent but we we said last week in the minutes about snap a speed on and you and i were both like it sounds like nonsense but we don't know what it says the thing that i saw online says snap a speed on sounds like that who knows alex on thursday or alex on saturday west on like sunday and lane (laughs) yesterday we're all like yeah i think it's snap a speedo which alex thought it was like the speedo like the bathing suit and we were like yes I Is think that so. right? I don't think. I think it's just speedometer. No, no, no. I think. I think that he's using a Florida colloquialism. I think that they're all right, and it's snap a speedo, like, like stretch a thong out, break a break an underwear. I don't but, think so. I think. Yeah. I think what it's it is, is that. Well, he's the, the quote is that Yanko will snap a speedo in about five seconds flat. Yeah, like if you attached one end to a speedo, it would be like snap it. I think what he's saying, this is what Go Lane ahead. thinks and what Wes thinks, is okay. that I think I think what Alex eventually got to is that it goes so fast in five seconds that the speedometer needle is irrelevant. Like, it just passed the end anyway. Oh, like it pins it in five seconds? Like, yes. it's just ma- max in five type situation? Yeah. Huh. Snap a speedo in about five seconds flat. So either it's a weird bathing suit thing, which Alex thought it was, and you think it might be, even I though he couldn't be. find any kind of explanation for that online or it's a speedometer either way it's a dumb phrase yes either way it's a dumb phrase i think that because they're in florida i would use the context clues to to explain that it's probably speedo but that's my personal opinion um i could see it going either way uh yes yeah, speed i don't know to snap a speedo like a speedometer i don't know I if don't i've know, ever man. heard anybody use speedo to i don't know but yes, thank you for the three of you who sent that in, and probably other people who thought it were like, oh, these fucking idiots. 
snap yeah. a speed on whatever but yeah you know i don't know cars it's it's buster gearhead stuff it's nonsense don't blame us no, not that anybody's blaming us. They're just like, hey, this is, I think, what it is. So Yeah, no, you guys are super helpful. And it was actually cool to hear all of you had listened to the episode. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was super awesome, so thank you. We should make more mistakes and get, you know, late edits because you guys were on it. Yeah, starring Van Diesel, right? His name is Van <laughs> Diesel. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. There was news that hit this morning that we can talk about. But other than that, is there anything you've seen in the last week? Um, I and this have, morning's news is not really news. It's just like a, it's a quote, but it, yes, but yeah, go ahead. I have an adjacent news thing, which is, you know, always relevant to my interests. Did you hear that the XFL and the NFL are partnering? No. Yeah. So they're actually going to have an Oh, because official... The Rock partially owns the XFL is why you're bringing it up, right? Yes, yes, okay. yes, exactly. M- mostly owns. I mean, like he's like at least the face of it. I don't know financially if he... Well, yeah, like Jeter is the face of the Marlins, and Jeter is like, uh, you know, he. I don't think he probably owns a couple percent. I, I don't. Yeah, who knows? Exactly. I would, but no, I think that he like the the Rock was like the the XFL buyer. I'm again, we don't know the financials, but like he was like involved in buying it and trying to restore it. Like he's he's definitely working on it. Anyways, Which is they crazy because how does he have time? Uh, who fucking? But his wife runs it. Remember, it was Wait, like the league was his, only fifteen million dollars. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so he bought it with his wife and Redbird Capital. So, yeah, he probably owns a good chunk, at least a third, if not half, if not more. Yeah, okay. wow, jeez. Okay, okay. Yeah, because it, like, tanked because it was during the pandemic and then, like, a, like went under, like, badly. Remember? They didn't yeah, but you think anybody. about, like, the Broncos are going to go for $4 billion. That's one team. An That's entire true. league of nonsense, $15 million. Yeah, but it's just going to cost you a ton of money. To oh, I know. It. It's a terrible investment. But still, thank <laughs> okay, you, so- Buck. So he has an official partnership with the NFL. So that's cool. So the Rock, that now it makes sense why the Rock was at the Super Bowl too. Sure. I mean, kind of. But yeah, okay. Like more sense than like he's the Rock and in LA. Like if they have right. like he's working on like an official semi partnership with the XFL. That's pretty cool. So um, that was my. I th- feel like there was another thing. Um, oh. The College Jeopardy, them being on College Jeopardy was the other oh, thing. Oh, right. And also Vin Diesel being in the crossword puzzle the next day. <laughs> yep. So we were watching old College Jeopardy, and uh, the category was franchises. And these fucking nerds didn't get that, Grand Theft Auto, or Resident Evil. And I was like, how? How did you guys miss all three of those questions? Because they've got their nose in books, man. Yeah, but like, I don't care how deep you study. Like, you. One of those three, three people missed all three of those. You know what I mean? Like, one of those three, like, I could see if you're like, okay, like, maybe they didn't play Grand Theft Auto. They're a little bit younger. It's college now, right? But, like, come on, man. So, yeah, I was disappointed. But Hobbs and Shaw was a clue on College Jeopardy. That was, I think, what I was missing. The thing that I was alluding to this morning, or from this morning, is that Brie Larson, this is, I'm glad that it happened on the day we're recording, as opposed to the day after, right? Yes. But Brie Larson, <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything, but she is following in the, in the footsteps of Helen Mirren, said that she would love to be in the Fast and Furious movies. So, yeah, I would do love it. to have her in the Fast and Furious movies. Also, that's like a pretty badass thing to do. I, I was saying, like, as as much as we laugh or have discussed Vin being like, The Rock, it's time to come back to the Fast and the Furious, <laughs> like, and that, how that's not going to work. I think that if you're like a pretty big actor or actress 
and you were like, I want to be in the Fast and the Furious movie, there's no way Vin Diesel doesn't see this and be like, okay, cool. Like, we'll just give you a role. Doesn't yeah. matter really what it is. Like, Helen Mirren, right? Like, she was, like, in, you know, uh, Seven. Is she an Eight first? Seven first? She's, she's an seven Eight first. first. No, she's an Eight first. She's the, this what one, we this saw the today, one? this first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. She's in, like, Eight first, and you're like, okay, like, give Brie Larson a role like that, right? Like, somebody's, like, weird sister, like you guys were talking about on Twitter, it doesn't really matter, but like you can give her a role that has like a couple lines, but she doesn't need to be there for the whole movie or be a star in it, right? Well, so I think if you have Brie Larson, she's asking at the, at a wrong, at the wrong time, right? Like Why? Because they're about to start shooting. But if they're about to start shooting, they're not going to incorporate her in a big way. So I think there's two movies left. So they incorporate her in a small way, theoretically, like a Helen Mirren in this one, and then they put her in a big way in F11 if she wants to be in F11. Yeah. So... When Wes told us about this morning, he said he wants to see her as Cypher's sister. They have the same color. It's all based on hair, which I love. I love all this thinking <laughs> because I'm very into the hair being the defining trait of a person, right? Yes, Hair blindness, exactly. et cetera. Yeah. Cypher's sister helping the family bring down Cypher. D, Dope D on Twitter said, what if she's Brian's sister, which we've taught, sort of teased before. And then because this time in watching Fade the Furious and thinking of what we've been saying over the last couple laps or since we saw... F9 about maybe Mr. Nobody going rogue. What if Mr. Nobody goes rogue and she's the new handler at this organization? She has to help Dom from that angle take down Mr. Nobody. So, like, I think no matter where it is, she's going to be a good guy, theoretically. But, you know, who knows? I have so many thoughts about Mr. Nobody after watching it this time that I cannot wait to talk about when Josh joins us. Yeah, I I would just like to see Brie Larson in, in The Fast and Furious. And she's fucking Captain Marvel, too. So, like... It's it's a different Brie Larson than when she was like the star of the room, right? Like you, you know that she can not the room, room, very sorry. different movie, wildly <laughs> different movie. Yeah, sorry, vastly, vastly different movies. You are correct. Like she's a good actress, but also she can play in like a Marvel movie. So like, uh, why not in the F- Fast and Furious, right? Like, not a big stretch. So. so she was apparently being interviewed by Uproxx for her Nissan Super Bowl ad, and she expressed her love of Fast and Furious. And the interviewer, not her, but interviewer, even went so far as to suggest the Fast and Furious Marvel crossover, which to which she responded by calling it a gazillion dollar idea. So if you remember when they were interviewing those kids from Scream, the new Scream movie, and they're like, oh, yeah, let's have Ghostface versus Dom. It's like, everybody just wants to be a part of the Fast and Furious. Like, this is, we're at a point now where, like, all the actors who are in things grew up with these movies or around these movies, right? So, like, yep. so here's the quote from Brie. Please, please tell everybody I would, of course, want to be in a Fast and Furious movie. I'm obsessed. I love them. I think they're so good. They're so fun. And they've made me appreciate Cars. I'm down to play new characters and whatever. Whatever it takes, but I'm very down for a crossover moment. I think you've tapped into something that is a true love of mine, so I would be down. That's really... I, I, imagine if she just shows up as Captain Marvel. Yeah, man. Why not? Do it. Like, what the fuck not? Like, just... Yeah. Man, I would cool. be excited. I'm, I'm stoked for her. I'm glad that she's a fan. I'm glad that, like, all of these, like... There's no, there's no shame anymore in liking the Fast and the Furious, you know what I mean? Like, we talk about, like, when you know, you started and you were like, these are just dumb car boy movies, right? Like, I feel like we've we've crossed the stigma of that sure. at this point, which is cool too. Yeah. So that's all the news. I think all the news on the streets. If you have news, if you want to send it in via social or family at cageclub.me, do that thing. Joe, is Dwayne Johnson in F10? Answer, still no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Brie Larson though, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we did. And we added Jason Momoa too, so. Before we get to the minute, we have our new, our 
old, our new, our returning TV segment, Young Rock, coming in a couple of weeks. Oh, but that's first, right. you watched it, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I did watch it. Yeah, yeah. but I just for, we were just so talking, I just totally forgot. Go ahead, continue. There's a new show on NBC. Where it's executive produced, and the first episode, at least, directed by Justin Lin, called The End Game, where Morena Vacker and who plays Inara. Inara, hold on. Inara, Inara, Sarah on Firefly is like a bank robber mastermind. And so this is not I think on she's Hulu. bigger than that. She's like she's like a super super evil criminal. I I guess I we we the the pilot is the only one that aired. So it airs on Monday nights. It's not on Hulu unless you pay for Hulu Plus Live TV, but it's on or, Peacock. So if yes. you watch on Peacock, you can have it there. But Joe, what did you think of the first episode of The End Game? I actually kind of enjoyed it. I I think that it, it will be fun. I'm curious to see where it goes. It had a lot of Justin Lin camera work going this episode. There was lots of like a table with everyone around it and the camera keeps like spinning and they're all talking in an order. You know what I mean? Type situation, mm-hmm. which I felt fun, but also it feels very televisiony compared to like a Justin Lin movie, right? It's television-y and it's network drama. Like, I yes, watched this yeah. last night and I was just like, I don't think I'm long for this show. <laughs> That's what you said to me. Yes, you did. And, like, it's not bad. And I, I, I know that it's probably closer to something I would watch than most other things on, like, an, an hour-long network drama. But I'm just like, I, 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 need, I need a little bit more. Yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes. I, I don't think that this is ever going to be, like, pivotal television by any means. But it seems like something that, like, I think my grandma would like. Right, which is, when, when you say that about a show, and I don't mean it as a knock to the show or to your grandma, I'm probably not going to watch that show. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, it's, it's like, enough action-y that it's, like, kind of action-y, but at the yep. same time, like, not enough to, like, deter grandparents. Uh, there is stylized on-screen text denoting the location, just like a Justin Lin thing, like a Fast and Furious oh, thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There yeah. is one very big fast action. Did you hear it? Uh, when oh no, I I was gonna say when she's doing a- angry driving and drifting through the streets. I thought that's where you were going. No, there's a thing where early in the episode, maybe ten minutes into the episode, okay. There's like the three or four people who are like interrogating her and like the guy is intimidating her. Just like, you know, we're going to make you talk and we've got nothing but time. And I was like, oh, oh wow. Oh, no, okay. I missed it. I missed it. OK, that's good. I was taking notes. So, OK. But I I was thinking about how like she is TV's Gal Gadot. She is very much TV's Gal Gadot. And I was factoring that like, is this just kind of like the Madam M backstory? Okay, yeah, I can see that. I would. I think, you know, I like Marina Baccarin. I like Isaac Gonzalez more, but I can see that crossover. But character-wise, sure. you know sure. what I mean? Like, it has the same... Because, like, we don't really know much about her yet, but she's, like, a Russian that was, like, trained from a child, which also felt very Black Widow-y type situation. But, but just, like, her presence in this felt very Madame M to me. Like, I'm, I'm running things and, like... I'm so much more intelligent and sophisticated and well-planned than the FBI is. I was just, I Googled Marina Baccarin to find out her age, and she's 42, Gal Gadot 36. But when I was getting rid of Marina Baccarin in Google to type in Gal Gadot, it offered as an autocomplete Gal Gadot and Marina Baccarin. I was like, is this a thing that people search? And I don't think it is. I think it's just like Google being like, (laughs) hey, you looking for these two actresses? You want to see them together? It's like, yeah, kind of. But there is a BuzzFeed (laughs) quiz called... 11 celebrities you probably didn't realize share an itsy-bitsy resemblance until now. Oh. Gal Gadot and Marina Baccarin is like, yeah, I get it. Because they're, they're both 
beautiful olive dark. complexion, yeah. dark hair, women with an accent who are in movies and TV shows. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I I think they're 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 playing a very similar similar role. Oh, actually, so the what? this BuzzFeed quiz, you can vote yes, no, or kind of. Only nineteen percent say yes, twenty eight percent say kind of, fifty three percent say no. Like I don't think like I would I wouldn't confuse the two, but I do think that they share the same kind of role or whatever, right? I would go kind of, yeah. I would I wouldn't say no or yes, like kind of, like they look. I, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't confuse the two, but um, they definitely are similar. I will watch at least one more episode because I think we have three episodes of this show that we're recording before Young Rock is out. So we're going to do at least one more of the Endgame, if not two more. I like it. I'll continue along. Even if we stop. Okay, so here's the big question. Even if we stop for the show, will you keep watching it? Yes, maybe not weekly, but I will binge. T- like, it hasn't done anything to turn me off yet, and I'm curious. Sure. Well, yeah, I, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's like actively yeah. off-putting. It's just like I have, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to the realization that there are limited hours in the day, and I there's other things I'd rather watch or read or do or play or whatever, right? So totally, totally understandable. I'm saying that it hasn't. There's, there's definitely a large likelihood that like something happens in the show, and I'm like, I don't care about this anymore. Yeah, get what I'm saying? Like yeah. they could do something like next episode that would just be like, yep, I don't care. You know, like, they're like, and everybody now has a dance number. And I'd be like, okay, I'm fucking done with this Because the show is like, she's masterminding, what is it, seven bank robberies at the same time while she's in custody. And she's not doing it to get money. She's doing it to, like, blackmail these people, essentially. So Kind of. And, like, her husband's in jail with, like, the detective's husband. But she put the detective's husband in jail because she (sighs) framed him. Yeah, there's, like, you know, silly, stupid drama. The, the, The most... Thing that I had to deal with when watching this is how televisiony it was. Like it feels like CSI or something, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. And and that was like, oh fuck! Like I forgot that like how much these network drama, police, actiony things all kind of feel the same. And I can't put my finger on what it is. It's like the camera work or like like how the coloring of it is or like the the motion of it some, something about it feels just like oh yeah i'm watching a television show for sure tv is both i think faster and slower than a movie because like you have you essentially have 12 hours or 20 hours or whatever to like tell a story right a season but you also have only 45 minutes to tell a story and so depending yes. on how you're thinking about it, either faster or slower and this just felt like it was trying so hard to be like so fast it's just like all right cutting from here cutting here cutting from here cutting here yes. just like, like guys like let's just like i get that you're doing a lot like you want to set up all seven bank robberies and the whole thing like maybe it's the pilot i get it maybe episode two will be better now that the like the premise is established the camera moving was so fast at points that i was like this is almost giving me motion sickness yeah it's it's very it's very (laughs) like like the sweeping camera angles i was like okay wow like like i don't normally get bothered by stuff like that but i'm like whoa that was yeah a little much yeah any other thoughts about the end game no i'm excited to see episode two the final thing to do then before we take a break and bring in Josh is to talk about the Too Fast, Too Furious, Minute, Minute 50, a minute I called Big Engine, Meet Bigger Engine. Go around down at the end of the row here. Second wave, got to sit tight till your partner crosses this line right here. First team to go down and back twice wins the race, at which point the losers will hand over them keys. Otherwise, you'll be eating breakfast through straws from now on. Friend day. I get it. 
Oh, this means you too. I got it. this minute Tej finishes explaining the rules of the race to both racers and to the audience. Tej gets verbal confirmation from both racers, Roman and Fabio, that they understand the rules. Suki, Jimmy, and Fonzie and Fabio's women cheer them on from the sidelines. Roman talks a little smack as Brian looks on before Fabio revs his engine and makes Roman feel just a little bit intimidated as the minute ends. And I was saying to you, like, 10 minutes ago in terms of the, the breakdown of the minutes and like an hour ago in real time yes. i'm like i i was telling you like i think that this is going to be like a very long scene like there's a there's uh, yep. there's just yep. padding and you're like i'm i think your word was stagnant you can't you you were surprised at how stagnant this minute was yeah because some minutes we cut between like three different places and like so much is happening but i always forget that like the races in these movies actually last a lot longer than they seem like in your brain, right? Because, like, yes. they're supposed to be fast. They're really just, like, a quarter-mile race, which should be, like, a couple seconds. But we get, like, all the lead-up, all the build-up. And then when we do the race, we get, like, the same scenes of the race playing twice because you're seeing what each person is doing at the time of the race. That's why, like, every race takes, like, six minutes, not 30 seconds, right? So yes, this this minute did feel very stagnant because we pretty much only get like Tej confirming the race and that's it. But it takes a full minute, so it was it was weird based on the pacing we get in some other minutes. It's it's cool to see Tej back and forth walking up and down sort of like a panther, like he's sort of prowling, like sort of, you know, showing how important he is. I like Fabio holding up his thumb and forefinger to like either say to like Roman, like, hey, like, all right, little dick, like, let's go. Or like, just like, just be a little bit afraid. Like he's, you know, he's got the confidence there. But like outside of that, like there's not much going on here. No, um, now that you brought that, that I mean, up. Like that we didn't talk about last minute, right? Like it's not like things aren't happening, but we did like, we covered this pretty, pretty completely in the last minute. So you brought up something that I just thought about that now I think this is the first Roman has a small wiener joke in the franchise, which okay. we later see again. So that's like now a recurring theme that I never thought about. Like if he's like putting his finger, middle finger and like, you know what I mean? Like revving the engine because we get the like, that's why your girls have such big bling. Like, you know what I mean? Like later. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Not even just like the small dick. Like that's part of it, but just like questioning his masculinity, right? Like the whole. Yeah. No knees to knees thing. Yep. The whole like, that's why your, your girls are so blinged out. Like all that stuff. Right. So yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So Roman takes it on the shins a lot about his masculinity. Yes. And maybe that's why, that's why he's no shins Roman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but for him trying to exude masculinity at every, yeah. at everything, it kind of makes sense that everybody's always chopping him down a peg and he's also trying to raise himself up. And then he's just kind of in the middle. Well, he like, he does it to himself, right? Like if he wasn't, yeah. If he didn't act like that, they wouldn't do this. But because he acts like that, they do it even more. And then he has to, like, combat it more. And it's just it's yes. like a vicious cycle, right? So It is. It's really bad. The other thing was, I think we I think we get confirmation in this minute of what we talked about last minute. That, like, Tej is an, is an unbiased third party in this. Like, because he, cause he, like, tells Roman, like, you too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. 
I'm just here to host the thing because I'm like the racing host guy. So like that's why it's like you know you arrived with us and I'm definitely your friend and stuff. But like I I respect the the rules of the race and like yep. the winner's the winner and like I will call it fair and I think that's why they trust him to do the race like to to host the race right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, any other things to talk about before we get to the trivia question? No, I wanted to see some stickers on Roman's car. Couldn't pick them out because it's not really focused on that. Um, saw that he had Sparko seats. Those were the two main things that I was thinking as I watched this minute this time. Cool. So the trivia question they have, because there's it's not excellent. a lot that happens. It's, it's easy. It's not yep. It's not supremely easy, but like it's it's easier. What is the first matchup in the down and back race? And there's just, there's four possibilities. It's Brian or Roman and Fonzie or Fabio. So the answer is Roman versus Fabio. It's Brian versus Fabio, Brian versus Fonzie, Roman versus Fabio, Roman versus Fonzie. So just have to remember, I think the Brian versus Roman is the easy part, right? But like Fonzie versus Fabio, that's a little bit trickier. It's a little bit trickier, but you can distinguish them because like Fonzie is the one who actually is the stunt driver who's in another movie and he has short hair. Fabio has long hair, which makes him Fabio, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. minute 50, what is the first matchup in the down and back race? The answer is Roman versus Fabio. So, Joe, that means that sometime between before the, before the next episode, we should both take this quiz and report back our scores on the next episode. Should I take it once sober and once not sober? And which order should I do that in? If you're going to do it twice like that, do it drunk first. I okay. think. I think. Okay, so maybe Friday night I'll get nice and hammered and I'll take the quiz drunk and see how I do. All right. Joe, let's take a break and let's bring in Josh to talk about the fate of the Furious. Fate of the Furious. This episode is brought to you by the Garden Brothers Nuclear Service, or Circus, sorry. Their all-new show is going to fill the Big Top Arena with over 60 performers from around the world in three rings. Shout out to the Garden Brothers Nuclear Circus. Well, shout out to the Garden Brothers and welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. With us tonight, we were teasing the intro. This is Joe's one booking he gets in the first <laughs> thousand episodes. So no pressure, but if this doesn't go well, it's Joe's it's fault, fault entirely. Yeah, it's definitely. not our guest's fault. It's only Joe. But with us tonight, we have the host of the Whole Lotta Wolves podcast. We have Josh Buckley. Hello, Josh. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? Very good. Been uh, looking forward to this for a while. So I sat down and watched all the movies again last week. So I'd be ready to go. Love it. Perfect. Love it. I realized last night as I'm watching this movie for literally the 12th time <laughs> since it came out five years ago, and realistically, like, the 11th time. Well, no. Hold on. I've seen this more than that. They, I must not have all the... I don't know. Because I've done it. We've done it 10 times this podcast. Yep. We did it for Charlize. Yep. We did it for Nate's. Yep. Although I might not have... I don't know. And I saw it in theaters at least 12 times. And I've never seen Lawrence of Arabia. I've never seen <laughs> a lot of very important movies. <laughs> And yet I've seen this 12 times, and yet I'm still finding new things about it. So the fact that you're able to watch all the movies in a week, I love that. But you're right here, your family, because it's there's an unhealthy amount of 
watching we're doing with these movies so you're fitting right in yes yes absolutely and uh you know it's funny watching them just how more ridiculous it gets as the series goes on oh for sure oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) what's your history with these where did you come in have you been here since the beginning you know you you're able to notice the evolution but where where did you start what was the first one you saw before we get to your rankings what's your history with the fast and furious franchise Uh, you know i uh this is how old i am i worked at a movie rental place uh back when okay uh, the original and Too Fast, Too Furious came out. But then Tokyo Drift came out, and I did not like that one. So I missed several of the next Fast and Furious movies because I was like, yeah. So finally, one of my buddies was like, you really need to get caught up. And this was probably, it was probably eight, I think. Wow, um, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I went back and, you know, I started again, watched them all in order, and I was like, I just laugh. I, I mean, they're great. They're great fun. Um, just so over the top, and, and I love it. And so, yeah, like I said, I watched them all again this week just to really get caught up and take some notes and enjoy it all. I don't know if you guys uh, do this as well. I always like going to uh, Cinema Sins after I watch one of uh, the Fast and the Furious movies. Are you guys familiar with that YouTube no. channel? They they have a good old time with the Fast and the Furious movies. What they do is they have a running counter and count, like, all of the ridiculous things or all of the things that don't make sense in a movie. They actually, on Fast and the Furious 8, the Sin Counter died when uh, The Rock <laughs> throws, the, uh, throws the torpedo back at the guys on the ice. They were like, well, you finally did it, Fast and the Furious. You destroyed the Sin Meter. <laughs> So I would recommend you guys being big fans, just go back. And I mean, each one, because they find so much, each one's like 20, 25 minutes. And it's it's good stuff. So which of these have you seen in theaters? Have you seen, did you see, eight, uh, I guess the original two, you said you were the video rental. Did you rent those? Have you seen any of these in theaters, even the new ones since you've been caught up? I saw one in nine in theaters. Okay. All right. Cool. First and last. Okay. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. So now... With your sin meter in mind, with your history in mind, did you rank these movies? Do you have them in order from favorite to least favorite? I do have them in order. So you can either work your way from the bottom up or top down. Whatever way you want to do it to build build suspense or just share your story, let us know. And are you including Hobbs and Shaw? I am not including Hobbs and Shaw. There's a trend, Joe. I don't know what this is. This is not a Josh thing. This is a, tre- a, a recent yeah. trend where people are not giving that movie the respect it deserves. It, it's, it's not that I'm not giving it the respect. I just don't view it. I don't view it as a as a Fast and the Furious one. I know the two characters are there, but if Dom's not a big part of it, or at least mentioned more often, uh, Dom or Brian, it's like eh, I don't really consider it a Fast and Furious movie. So maybe, Joe, do you think that those people on that Jeopardy you were watching were, like, silently objecting to the fact that it's considered a Fast and Furious movie? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) You're like, we know the answer. We're just not going to answer because we don't believe that it's part of the franchise. Yeah, this is a trick question. They were trying to hold out. Okay, so you've got your one through nine. Please Uh rank them either. Are you going to start at the bottom or are you going to start at the top? I'm going to start at the bottom. I like to add a little suspense. Okay, so so the one I I liked the worst was Tokyo Drift. Was was not a big fan of that. Fast four, I would put after that. Okay. That's four in a row with that in the eight hole. So Really? Huh. You know. Too Fast, Too Furious, which I feel like is kind of underrated when you watch it. Um, if for nothing else than Cole Hauser, who does a fantastic job as a drug lord before he heads to Yellowstone Ranch 
and he's yeah. the biggest badass. <laughs> I haven't watched Yellowstone yet. I've been meaning to. It's like on my to do list. But I mean, um... it's Sopranos as cowboys is what it is. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's a badass on that. I have to put F nine in the sixth spot. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had some issues there. Uh, the first Fast and the Furious, I'm going to put okay. there. F6, I'm going to put in the four spot. And then for two and three, boy, it was tough. And I actually talked to my buddy who's huge fan who got me to watch them all again. And he made a good argument for Fast 7 being the number two hole. So that's okay. what I did. Yeah, put, uh, put Fate in the three spot. And then... As I the think a lot number, of at number one, yeah, 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 yeah. Fast Five at at the number one spot. You are definitely in the minority in terms of having fate that high, Joe. He is the. I need to go back even further. Is this a scoregami? It feels like a scoregami. Uh, I I have no way to track that. I, I know love you a scoregami. It feels like it, right? It's it's definitely there's a couple. The the fate is definitely throwing things from monkey wrench because it hasn't been since Heather Antos a couple laps ago that somebody has had fate as high as three, and she had it at three. So, yeah, there. I mean, I think for the most part, you're kind of in line with things. Maybe the original one a little bit lower than other people. Maybe six a little bit lower, even though it's at four. But fate being at three throws a real monkey wrench into things, and so I appreciate the uh, the uniqueness of the list. I agree. And then Fast Five, I think that's pretty much consensus with you guys, is that's the yes, best correct. one, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. 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 That's how it goes. Which, like, I understand if there's others. Like, you know, I keep teasing it because I'm very excited for it, but Joe had made the deal with himself, really, that yeah. he was going to give, like, real rankings every five laps. So at the end of this lap, he has to give real rankings, and, like, I think he thinks, I'm pretty sure he thinks that five is the best one, but I think he probably likes the original one more, maybe. Yeah. We're going to find out. But, like, I, I don't I don't fault people who don't have Fast Five at number one, but I do think it's, like, objectively, without our, you know, Stockholm Syndrome weighing in, I think it's clearly the best made of the bunch. Joe, don't you have Tokyo Drift high up there? I love Tokyo Drift. I'm a huge That's fan of Tokyo Drift. Yeah, it goes way, way, way up there for me. I like how wacky and zany it was. It sent me to Japan, literally. So um, <laughs> I, I'm all like, it has a special place in my heart. So on my rankings, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Tokyo Drift will definitely be a, in the top five. That's for sure. I think I have it at like four ish. We'll see. You know, yeah. Tune up, relap, recap. Come back in a month or so. We'll do it on that episode. Exactly. But Josh, now that we know sort of you know what you like about these, I think what I want to do we're we're still we're we're evolving, we're shaping, we're changing the way things go. But I think before we talk about this movie, I want to do the Fast and Furious character quiz, and I want to get a sense of which character you are, so that while we're talking to you about these movies, I kind of know what you look like from social media. But like, I want to just picture this character. So are you ready to find out which Fast and Furious character you are? I am super excited about this. Okay, so it's a BuzzFeed-style, J14-style quiz. There are seven questions with six answers per question. There's no wrong answers. You can either describe your answers, like explain why you're doing it, or just keep things mystery. So are you ready to find out? Yeah, let's go. Question number one, how fast are you NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? I think I'm going to say roller coaster pretty fast okay how furious are you the hulk kylo ren christian bale in that one movie set that one time mel gibson charlie brown or jack mcbrayer 
Well, I don't want to be Mel Gibson because that means you're racist. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's that level of anger. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, the, not the undertones of it. Yeah. So I, I have to say the Hulk, and, and the reason I say that is um, me and some of my college buddies, we were trying to figure out which Avenger we would be. And they told me that I'd be the Hulk because I'm a moody bastard. Uh, okay. You know, <laughs> a nerd at heart. So, yeah. So I guess it's the Hulk. Fair enough. Now, Josh, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you on the grill? Are you saying grace? Are you kicking back with a beer? Are you babysitting? Are you being the entertainment? Or are you sneaking a snack? I am kicking back with the beer. Absolutely. Okay. Now I know why you enjoy our friends. I yes. get it. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, you've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends, drinking another beer, Working out or doing some work on your computer? I'm going to be drinking another beer. <laughs> cool. Perfect. Now, Josh, please describe your wedding. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. Well, I'm trying to think back to my wedding. I want to say it was more... So you don't bad. remember. There you go. No, no, no. I remember we had a lot of people there, but I wouldn't say... Because a lot of my friends live in Alabama, so not a lot of them came. I'm going to say it was a kind of a backyard country affair because it was cool. at a bed and breakfast in the backyard. In the okay, country, that's so. cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You just won the lottery. Congratulations. What are you buying? Your own garage, a private plane. You're going to gamble it all away. Your child at home. A fleet of cars or a new life? Oh, definitely the private plane. Cool. Yeah. And then the final question to seal the deal here. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, <laughs> Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest or just Joe's getting a drink. I'll just have one of whatever you're having. Belgian ale, for sure. You gotta try the Belgian ale, Dom. <laughs> All right. Now, I, I wonder, you know, it's it's nice that you say that. We've actually had a couple of this guy before. I think so, But, yeah, you know, it's a great character to have. Yep. You are important to this in, in this movie. He's not, it doesn't show up in this movie. He shows up in Seven, but he's back here. You are Mr. Nobody. Really? People see you as a bit of a mystery, and you love it. You've got more going on than anyone realizes, but your greatest joy comes from executing a plan perfectly and leaving everyone around you wondering how you pulled it off. You're great at keeping secrets, but you're always willing to help those who can help you. You don't have family, so to speak, because letting people too close might dissipate some of your mystical aura, <laughs> so you'll settle for friends, and you drive like, like the, the wind, wind blows. blows. And I will say, not only are you Mr. Nobody, you are overwhelmingly Mr. Nobody. Yes, the planes. With almost yep. 50% more points accrued than anyone else in the list. The next one, next closest, were a tie between other people important in this movie, Owen and Deckard, tied for second place. But you are overwhelmingly Mr. Nobody. So congratulations. Welcome to the family, Mr. Nobody. Oh, I, I like that a lot. Can't, can't complain. As long as I don't have that tool bag of a... Uh junior nobody following me around <laughs> yeah. i like that he has like a real name and yet in the credits and in the on imdb and in the subtitles he's just credited as little nobody yep it's like yeah we know that he has a name they also call like they tease him and call him the rules but no he's just little nobody he just sucks and he sucks so much apparently that they're like yeah we don't need to bring back for nine he's good we're good i'll be honest eight may have been my second favorite if not for his character that's really? how yeah that's how bad i hated him 
Now, keeping in mind that Joe and I had a podcast about this man, if he was cast as, if Zac Efron was in that <laughs> role, would you have liked it more, or do you think it's the character you don't like? It's the character. It's absolutely the character. So, I, I have no no beef with the actor itself. It's just, he's a dick. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. This Watching it this time, one of the things that I noticed the most is that Little Nobody is completely a stand-in for Brian. Yeah, like hundred percent. I think we've talked about that a while ago, but yes, yeah. we have not talked about that in a, in a while. Yeah. But as I was watching it this time, I was like, "Oh, he's doing exactly Brian things, but just like they made the character just like a little bit more annoying, and you don't have like the history with Brian, so you see it and you're just like, oh, this guy sucks.' But like he, <laughs> he's actively being Brian throughout the entire movie, just like yeah. a stand-in for him. It's crazy. Holy. Yep. So we know that you hate Little Nobody. We know that you are Mr. Nobody. But do you have a favorite character, either in Fate or in any of the movies? Do you have a favorite character in the franchise? I do. And I'm curious as to how many other of your guests are going to are gonna say this as their favorite character. Mine is Roman. People do like Roman. It's usually overwhelmingly Han, but a lot of people do like Roman. We've had, just looking back, we had... Aaron Newerth of Out Now with Aaron and Abe has Roman as his favorite. And then it's back to the beginning when we started, like, Kim Basine, Mike Manzi, yeah. Rachel, and Kate Hudson all have Roman. But, like, for the most part, it, it, Joe's right. It's mostly Han, a lot of Brian. Roman's popular, but he's definitely not number one. Yeah. I just, to me, Roman says in the situations exactly what I would say if I was in that exact situation. Just like... <laughs> What? what the hell? And then extra bonus points in F9 for being so self-aware that we're invincible. Something's up. How did I not sure. get shot? Yeah, he does have a, a very good like pulse of the audience, sense of the... He's like the audience's voice a lot. So I think that's that makes him very, very relatable. I agree. So now if you say that you are Roman, you act like Roman, the only other question we're going to ask before we talk about the, you know, before we really talk about Fate of the Furious is in Furious 7, if you'll remember, one of your three favorite in the franchise, mm -hmm. Dom and Brian go to that party to get the chip back <laughs> from the car, and they say, Roman, we need you to shine bright like only Roman Pierce can, distract this room. He's like, I got it. I'm going to do the birthday song. Here we go. If we said, Josh, Joe and I have to go steal a thing. Lift a car. We need to just yeah, some, we got to do some work. You're not invited. You are invited to the job because we need you to distract the room. We need you to sing a song karaoke style, either so bad it's it people can't look away or so good that they're captivated. What song are you singing to distract a room full of strangers? Total Eclipse of the Heart. Good choice. Is that our first? Have we had that? Or we? That's our that's our first repeat joke. Win Watkins, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Okay, good. We were waiting. We've been waiting, and this is both. It's it's a it's a happy and a sad moment because we've we've had so many weird guesses, but that's a, that's a that's an all timer of a song. It so. is. Are you singing the girl parts, the boy parts, or both parts? Oh, both parts. Okay, Rachel gets mad at me because I sing only the good parts in her opinion, which is like whatever part is the best part of the girl and boy duet parts. So. It would be funny if, if he only sang the male parts and just like, turn around, and then was just silent for a while. It's yeah. like, what, what, are we, <laughs> what are we doing? No, I mean, the crowd would come in, right? Like, like everybody would be, like belt out the, the, the yeah. silence, right? So you'd be okay. But yeah, Rachel gets mad at me because I, I teeter back and forth based on like who's singing a better part at the time. And she's like, pick one and stick with it. And she gets mad. <laughs> I can hear her saying that. I can see her saying that. Right. Like that's 
it's yeah. something yeah, that yeah, would yeah. definitely annoy Rachel to death. <laughs> yeah. My number two, if if I needed to kill even more time, would be uh, Eddie Money's "Take Me Home Tonight." And yes, I would That's sing. Cool. I would sing Eddie Money's and uh, Ronnie's uh, verses as well. Oh, perfect! I love that. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's a really good one. So now shifting our focus to the man of the hour, the fate of the furious, the the the, the movie of the hour. We this entire lap we are doing the Straw Brothers lap. So in between watching Fast and Furious movies, we are watching movies with Jason Statham or Luke Evans or Helen Mirren or Vanessa Kirby, and then we're also watching movies from the Straw Brothers, the old martial arts directors. So last lap, as F9 was coming out, we're like, oh, Jacob has been around since the beginning. Where has he been? Where <laughs> would he have existed in the world? Let's make up a, let's, let's make up where he was while this movie was happening. So this lap, in honor of the Shaw brothers and in honor of sort of the family that we had last lap, we are trying to think of who is a character you would like to see in this movie that does not exist in this movie that you would want to have them add that would either add something to the story be funny be exciting let's I'll let, I'll let you think on that for a second Joe who would you like to add of any character in this movie anybody you would like to see added to the franchise for this movie in particular who would you want to say I'm I'm gonna say my answer and it's gonna feel like a cop-out but you guys ruined my brain this morning I gotta see Cypher's sister and Brie Larson can be Cypher's sister and she's like sure. the good sister okay you know what I mean like she's on like the right side and she's like my sister is a bad seed and so like, how does she fit into the narrative? Because we know, like, this is introducing Cypher. So where does she come in? Does she help Mr. Nobody? Does she Is she also in Cuba? Is she also on the plane? I have strong thoughts about Mr. Nobody after rewatching this. So she's not helping Mr. Nobody, but she is helping the family take down Cypher. Like, they would call her, and she'd be like, I know, like, the one thing that will bring her down. And she's like, she's scared of spiders. <laughs> you know, it's like something like real dumb from her childhood. And like, that's how they get her. Fair enough. Okay. Very cool. Thank you. Josh, do you have anybody who would you like to ha- see added to this movie to either, you know, change the narrative, add a little bit of backstory to the characters? You know, you love Roman. Maybe it's someone from Roman's past. Doesn't have to be. But who would you like to see added to the Fate of the Furious? I would like to see Samuel L. Jackson potentially as like Roman's dad. Ooh. Ooh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Because I feel like the two of them would really go well bantering off one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that might work. I think that's a great answer. Yeah, I didn't... I mean, Samuel, like, we always talk about, like, the list of people. Like, who else can we add to the franchise? Because we pretty much have everyone. Samuel is a good choice to, like, you know, might as well add him in. Yeah, yeah. So I have... Two options. One, they're both kind of cop-outs in different ways. The the <laughs> easier one is Hattie. Get, get Hattie in here. Yeah, Hattie that only should makes sense. be in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because also, <laughs> Queenie at one point says, you've already taken everything I've ever, wa- ever valued, Mr. Toretto. So, like, you took Owen, you took Deckard, everything I've loved you've taken away. And I'm just like, yeah, but you have a daughter, who we're going to meet in a couple of years. Where Where's she at? She, you don't value her? No, she doesn't like, you know, moms and daughter relationships. Sometimes they can be hard. Maybe. Even though she visits mom in prison in, in Hobbs. I don't know. Hey, man. Talk I, would, to, I would love to see Hattie. Talk to my sister and mom about their moms. So the, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> the other one, very small, but 
when they are when Dom pulls over and like there's that whole like confrontation in New York and right it looks like he shoots and kills Deckard on the streets of New York. Okay. Yeah. He shoots two two he fires two bullets or whatever and Staten like writhes and falls to the ground. We're like, oh my god, he just killed Deckard. Clearly he didn't because there was all like a plan, like he goes to Queenie, he he's a dad now, he's like, I need dad help. You're a mom. I get it now. I'm so sorry that I did this with your kids. Yeah. We need help, whatever. We need your sons. There's like a choreography. There's a ballet to the way that Dom shoots Statham and he like rides to the ground. Dumb. This is very dumb. I was picturing that they had like a choreographer come in and be like, how can we make this look real that we can fake Cypher out? And so like, I want to see a scene where it's Dom and Deckard and just the choreographer like doing like stunt choreography of like how they could fake shoot and like how to die like you know stage acting like die in the street (laughs) sell it with your eyes like like, yes like that you want to see like the guy that was like what is it like um the rehearsal dinner of the the the, the, um the plan that they have yeah okay i like that like and like to, to preserve the twist of the movie i know that we can't do it until the end when we know that Deckard, like, it, that Dom's been, like, on the good side all along. Okay. But, like, we can still have a flashback of, like, oh, this is how it happened. And they're just, like, in some, like, ballroom or some, like, dance room with, like, mirrors and, like, the ballet well, bars, like, against the wall oh. of the walls and just, like, st- he's, like, falling. He's Joey. like, no, Deck, again. Joey, what was the fucking stupid movie with Helen Mirren where she was the ghost of Christmas past? Oh, God, what was that movie? That wasn't Scrooge. We just was watched it, it two no. months ago. No, no, no. It's like it's like a it's like a vin- Oh, 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 I forgot. Collateral Beauty. Collateral Beauty. Okay, so yeah. she's the actress from Collateral Beauty. Sure. And yeah. she needs to just like show them the way. Yeah, oh, that's also in New York. Maybe they're on that stage in that black box theater. Yeah, absolutely perfect. perfect. It's, it's it's flawless. Yeah, and the dance instructor <laughs> is Kira Knightley, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, Josh, Add Kieran Knightley to the movie. Josh, if you haven't seen this movie, it has a ridiculous cast for being a terrible movie. Um, it's like collateral Norton, beauty. Okay, yeah, collateral beauty. Edward Norton, Helen Mirren, who Joey? There was like so many people in this. Kieran Knightley, Will Smith, yeah, yeah God, Kate yeah. Winslet, yeah, Michael Pena. <laughs> And the movie is terrible. It's so bad. I love it. I adore it. But I, I know I where it's coming from. Yeah. All right, so here we are, The Fate of the Furious, lap 10. Josh, the floor is yours. I do want to say I have so many notes because (laughs) I was teasing this to Joe. I don't know why. I'm just like, I'm going to do something different this time. I watched this movie on mute with the subtitles. Oh, interesting. And I had so many new thoughts. (laughs) Really? Because you weren't, like, inundated with sound, so you just, like, let your brain I think it's two things. I think it's that part, and I also think that, like, as much as we say we've seen this 12 times— if I'm like, if I have it on, if I can hear what's going on, I'm still watching because I know what scene it is. Like, it's all just burning my brain. Yeah. But if I look away when it's muted, I don't know where we are. So I need to pay more attention. So I'm just okay. like, I'm I'm watching the scene in the beginning where they're at the soccer game and Hobbs is like, it's a championship. And I'm like, yeah, but that girl just quit. So this girl has made it to a championship game and she's <laughs> quitting. The other, like, I'm like, the stakes are higher than ever. I'm like, it, hey, it man, the Haka, the Haka should not be underrated. <laughs> no it's a beautiful dance it's a powerful dance and i love it so much that's but actually Josh, one of my favorite scenes of the movie is when the rock gets the girls to do the haka now oh, here's a question I, I don't know if it's in both or not did you watch the theatrical or the extended version for this uh the extended 
Okay, because he does the haka again at the end, which is amazing. But I don't remember, and I don't think, it might be, I don't think it's in the theatrical version. Maybe it is. I don't know. But, like, the fact that it comes back, I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, when he's in the uh, Russian uh, naval naval base. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and for some reason, he just yanks off his coat to do the haka as well. And I was like, (laughs) yeah. Okay. You need to be shirtless, man. But Josh, favorite moments, least favorite moments. You have this as either your number two or your number three, depending on if you want to get peer pressured into moving it up to number two or number three <laughs> or whatever. What do you love about this? What do you hate about this? Favorite moments? Just take it away. Okay. So the first question I have, and this is going to reference back to Fast 6, but then I have a reason for bringing it up for here for Fate of the Furious. How much did Roman actually get from the heist in Fast Five? Because there is no way that sucker bought a plane, bought a yacht, bought these cars, bought these houses on eleven million dollars. I think that I think that it's more like there's an extensive rental market, and he's probably just like you know leasing, renting, and flexing, but it's not really his assets. So did he rent the plane and then put its Roman bitches on it? Okay, in that one, (laughs) maybe he bought it, but he also leases it out. Like, so it's like the reverse way. Oh, okay. So he has like an Airbnb, literally, with his airplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the reason I ask that is because you know Roman obviously is loving the lifestyle. He comes back um, in seven just because they're all kind of in danger. But what could Dom? And the in Hobbs offer Roman that he wants to come back and do the secret mission to steal the EMP because it doesn't really work. I mean, I guess the whole family thing again, but to me, it seems like Roman needs to make some money. Yeah, you often wonder like how many of them like squandered their money. I think about that, but I think it's more so just like you know, like uh, like an old timey sports player being like, I just missed the locker room, man. You know what I mean? Like that kind of situation. Like even if they don't need the money, it's like just being back in the crew. Like Brian saying he missed the bullets. Exactly. In Fury yeah, Seven. Exactly. Here's here's a quick aside. What? I want to look up how much that plane cost. There is an internet internet movie plane database. So Joe, keep that in mind for future. I've used, no, I've used it for the helicopter. Okay. Yeah. So the It's Roman Bitches plane is a Learjet 35, okay? Okay. Acquisition cost, $800,000 to $900,000. That's it? Okay. Yeah. It's not that much. I mean, well... Uh, I, maybe that's per year? Hold on. There's, like, servicing fees and, like, you have to have a pilot and all this bullshit. Yeah. So, like, I get it. It's going to be expensive. But, like, yeah, So that's... it costs, like, a million dollars and it costs them a million dollars a year to maintain it. But, like, that... You're not, you're not worrying... Like, when you're Roman... You're not worrying about what it's going to cost ongoing. You're like, I just bought a plane for under a million bucks. I still got $10, 10 million more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, he doesn't have a financial advisor for sure. So this brings up the question to me. Why does every professional athlete not have a private plane? I think the uh, team flies them everywhere. I, I know, but in of the offseason, eh, I don't know. One time my boss, we had to fly private to Vegas because all the flights, because of weather and other issues, all of our oh, flights darn. were canceled. And we flew... <laughs> Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but it also cost like 50 grand. So like which for like a normal person, a lot of money. But for an athlete, they can charter, they probably have like group rates. You know, they they all yeah. know a guy mm-hmm. who has a plane, right? So And this is like um I know just from like Pat McAfee, he like flies private all the time, but he just like charters them. So you just like call and like yeah. you know, you get like whatever plane and they're just in a rotation, and, like, they do all the logistics for you, and you don't have to maintain a pilot, a plane, and, and a crew, whatever, 
twenty four seven. So you right, like and that fifty of... that fifty grand was only like because it was you know five o'clock in the morning. We're like, we need a flight in four hours. So like, yes, if you yeah, yeah. are more in advance, you're like, hey, I need a plane in like six weeks or whatever. You know, you can. There's also like, what was it? There's like Uber for private planes or whatever. Like there's, there's Uber for helicopters, but I don't remember. Planes. There's Uber yeah, Chopper, there but there's there's like a you can just get you can book a, a seat on a private fly, on a private jet. That like you're not you're not doing the whole thing, so it's like kind of defeating the point a little bit. But like you're like, oh, I need to go to like Vegas, and I want to like fly in style. Like you can you know pay a couple grand or whatever and get like a seat on one of these things. Makes sense. Yeah. So you don't think Roman got paid then for this job because he brings it up in in uh, Furious Seven as well. We we are getting paid for this, right? I don't think there was ever money at stake here, right? It was just like. Dom is doing something weird, so we have to stop him type situation. I think they're just more curious because there was no money in this one, right? I don't think so. I think it's like no. at some point, it's like one for you, one for them. Like they know they're criminals and just they're going to get the law off their back if they do a favor every once in a while. Yeah, yeah that, that makes, makes sense. sense too. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense there. Okay, I'll go with that. Who do you guys think has the best one-liners in this movie? Is it The Rock or Ty- or, uh, or Tyrese? Roman trying to read the Russian is so hysterical to me. Like, oh, even because still. because I watched it on uh, uh, with subtitles. I know I now know how they how they spell it. Oh, really? Okay, nice. I well put played. it in Zencaster. If you want to see it, hack slack slack lack smog belzac marak. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a hard time deciding which of those two had the best lines in the movie. There's something about this movie and we've talked about it before but the Hobbes stuff is a little homophobic a little transphobic like he talks yeah. about like he uses it as an insult like getting Jason Statham to toss salads he calls little nobody at one point she like there's a lot of things just like oh you know the, the, the franchise started off a little homophobic with like Vince dropping the hard F really early on but like this is 2017 it feels like they should know better by now it's just it's, it's a little weird that is really weird. I never really paid attention to it. I didn't think it. about that, yeah. Well, especially with The Rock in so many Disney movies, and I mean, yeah. he's really keeping the image on there. Hmm, that's interesting. I do think Roman, I mean, Joe knows Roman has grown on me, but Barstow is exotic to her is a great line. Yeah. Really, really great line. <laughs> yeah, it, but I do love that one, too. I really do. You know, Roman just calling out how much he hates Tej when... Um, the wrecking ball is coming through there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which poor Tej, why didn't, I mean, poor Roman, they didn't even tell him the plan. Yeah, I think that's probably f- for the best, though. <laughs> it seems like you just need, like, Roman to just be there, not to, like, know what it is and try to, like, start, well, he, you know, he wants to start delegating. Like, he wants to start, to, he wants more of a leadership role, so it's probably best that they didn't tell him so he couldn't leadership it. Yeah, I think that's good. So uh, another part that I, I thought was funny was, um, Shaw telling Hobbs how he kicked his ass in the seventh movie. And Hobbs is like, oh, no, no, I dove out that window to save my partner. Nah, man, you were getting your ass kicked. Let's let's be honest here. <laughs> he was kicking the Rock's ass in that one. Yes, he did jump out the window, but uh, I don't know, man. I'd have to go to the judges, but uh, I think I think Shaw's winning that fight up until then. That is something interesting that, like, Jason Statham kind of does get the better of both of them, which we don't see often, even in, like, the villains and stuff like that. But, like, Jason Statham is a formidable opponent for both The Rock and Dom, where, like, it never feels like The Rock gives Dom a challenge. Like, you always know Dom will win. 
Which is funny because Vin Diesel has to step on a step stool to see him face to face in Fast Five. <laughs> you know, you bring up that scene of of the Rock jumping out of Hobbs jumping out the window to to save Elena. I was wondering, and again, this goes back to my hair blindness. I wonder how many sort of casual, or even not even necessarily casual, viewers saw Elena on the plane. Were like, "Who's that? She hasn't really been around. She looks really different." Yeah, that hairstyle makes her look very different. And so, because the whole thing is like, what would make Dom turn against Letty and the family? And it's like, More this family. woman, who's this woman? Well, what's really weird is, okay, we assume that Cypher shows him the video of her and the kid. Are are we to assume that he just automatically assumes it's his? Has has he gotten a paternity test at all? Like, I would want to see... Yeah, I would want to see some DNA before I'm ditching Letty on my honeymoon to to do this. But I think that the thing is, like, Dom's like, oh, shit, I definitely slept with Elena at one point. Like, (laughs) that makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like, you start doing the timeline in your head, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's very likely mine. It's still odd, though, that he doesn't find a way to tell Letty. Like, I know Cypher can probably, you know, hear through the phones or stuff, but, like... Why didn't he act, hey, baby, let's get in the shower for our sexy honeymoon and then be like, hey, look, this is going to go down. I need you to just trust me. I I feel like a lot of this could have been solved if at one point he just looked at her and was like, just trust me. On the reciprocal of that, that if you had Cypher be like, if you tell anybody I'll kill you type situation, that we could have just solved this too, right? Right. I mean, they try to explain it away. It's like, we needed you to believe it or whatever. It's like, well... It's just a reveal for us, for the audience anyway, so. Yeah, 100%. We're talking about Cypher, and I don't know if we've discussed this before, probably, because I had, like, a lot of new thoughts that I think are probably old thoughts this time. <laughs> Cypher, like, is talking to Dom on the plane. He's like, family's the most important thing to me, and she's like, no, it's not, because in the first movie, you said, when you're racing, that 10 seconds or less is when you don't think about family, and that's the best time ever. How the fuck did Cypher know that he said that? <laughs> Well, especially with the technology. I mean, that was the same movie where they were robbing a truck that had VHSs attached to the little TV. Yeah, like, how did she... Did you think Dom just walks around just giving this, in that 10 seconds or less, I'm free, I don't think about the family and their bullshit, they're the store speech, like, all the time to where, like, she caught it (laughs) later? Like, is this, like, a recurring Dom thing that, like, everybody's sitting around being like, oh, fuck, here he goes again with the 10-second thing? I can see, and I haven't thought about this until now, even though we probably have talked about this before, which means that we have thought about it before, but, you know, for the purposes of our memory, it's new. Yeah. I can see the legend of Dominic Toretto, which is also established in the first movie, where it's like, oh my god, he just he won that quarter mile. Like, there's just like chatter about Dom that he's not only this like great street racer, okay. but that his prowess on the streets is remarkable or something, right? And so, again, it's a stretch, but I can see that like he's known for racing and winning quarter mile races or something. Yeah, but the way that she says it is also the way that he says it. So yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It was just really, really strange that, like, there's... I I can't logic my way into her knowing that he said that. I like how this is the kind of stuff like this in in Roman's thing. We can't logic these, but we have no problem with the car taking out a nuclear sub. Yeah. (laughs) Also, also very, very true. Joey, as we were watching this, just coming off the Transformer... Or the Transporter movies. Not the Transformers. Different movies. We will never cover Trans... Well, we did Bumblebee. But we were we're probably oh, never going to do the other Transformers movies. Yeah. So watching this, I was like, oh my god, these car scenes seem so much less CGI'd 
than all the yeah. transporter ones. Like, I was like, oh, they're actually crashing cars. And, like, the explosions, like, granted, cars don't blow up like that, but they're using, like, an actual explosion for some of these things or, like, an actual fire. And I was like, wow, that feels worlds different than what we just came off of with the car flipping upside down to rip the thing off the bottom. Yeah, 100%. One thing I thought was interesting, and I'm going to tell a little story as to why I feel this way. So when they're coming into New York City, you know how they're in the fish truck? Yeah. I used to work at this tourist destination in Texas called Moody Gardens. And in it, they had an aquarium. And we would always, I was doing PR for them. So we'd have a lot of media that would come down and they'd want to see the penguins. The penguins are the huge attraction. They had like 40 in there. Yep. And this one reporter comes down (laughs) one time and he's wearing a leather jacket. And we're like, dude, I would not wear the leather jacket in there. He's like, why? And it's like, well, the fish smell really just like gets soaked up in your clothes. I mean, that was always the big joke is we'd have to leave to go home afterwards because we would just smell so bad like fish. And one time I had a penguin just shit on my shoes like it sucked. And and he's like, no, 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 it'll be fine. This will be a good shot. Okay. So he goes in with his leather jacket, does his does his little piece and the next time we saw him we were like hey where's your leather jacket and he goes i had to throw it away he's like the fish smell would not come out of it so i thought it was funny they're getting out of the truck and like most of them are wearing leather jackets there is no way in hell because you gotta assume they at least were in that truck 30 minutes an hour something like that right there is no way that fish smell is coming out though all those leather jackets are ruined they're, they go to, like, a fish market, and the cars are stored there. So, like, by transitive property, the cars all have to smell like nasty fish, too, right? Oh, yeah, that's that's a really good point, unless it's... I mean, I guess the, the door in the back that leads to the cars could keep the smell out, but... Oh, yeah, they get in with the leather jacket, and you know those cars have leather seats, and... Oh. Yep, yep. Oh, no. No, that's that smells bad. So I saw that and I was just laughing because I was like, there is, I guarantee you, if they were in that fish truck, even filming it for just a short amount of time, those those jackets got tossed. I would like to see because at the end of the movie, you know, Roman goes underwater like is he's all sorts of issues with his Lambo and he eventually goes underwater and he like emerges victorious, right, and saves the day. <laughs> I would love to see whatever animals, like let's just say penguins. Like, I would love to see penguins, like, just following him around. They're like, what? He's like, I don't understand why. They're like, you smell like fish. <laughs> That's tremendous. That would be great. Dolphins trying to, like, bite them and stuff in the water. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then they, they have to take the flight back, too, from, you know, from that Russian spot. Do they make him change before getting in the plane? Like, I can't imagine sitting next to him on the plane, like, dude... You, you smell bad. You smell really bad. Even the water, like the dirty Russian submarine water, <laughs> would be kind of gross, right? So You ever watch like a movie or like you look at a picture, but like you watch a movie like about like the Revolutionary War or you like watch, you know, like uh, Barry Lyndon, like Kubrick's Barry Lyndon, or like anything from like 200 years ago or whatever, like set in the 1700s, 1800s, like, and just think about how bad everything smells there everyone everything the air everything bathing is difficult and only for rich people yep there's no electricity really so there's no you know air condition to keep things cool it's layers on layers on layers 
medicine and health and healthcare are not where they are. Oh yeah. Everything just smells so bad. It reminds me of like my favorite review on Letterboxd of the Beatles Get Back, that do- like a nine hour yeah. documentary. Yeah, yeah. It probably smells so weird in there. <laughs> Because it's just all these dudes who are not leaving. They're like all like it's the 60s and they're early 70s. Smoking, hippies And they're smoking. And yeah, it's just drinking. Oh, my God. Yeah, it probably definitely smelled really weird in there. If you want to get turned off to like anything you're watching, just think about what's that smell like? And you probably hate it. (laughs) True. (laughs) Joey, um, how mad are you going to be at me for me to tell you this is the that I realize Helen Mirren gets the fuck in this one? I'm fucking thirsty. Yep. I did, this was I was like oh okay cool oh she's the one that get oh yeah yeah you get one fuck because I know the Rock had it in in one of them yep he does I want to say he, Fast Five yeah but I totally forgot that she gets it so like although she's not in this movie much they give her the fuck too which is like I think that's high uh, praise. that's respect yeah it's funny how few people know the the fuck rule when it comes to movies and R ratings um, oh we love it. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great. In fact, uh, when we're doing our podcast, I always tell Paul, okay, we get one fuck in the um, in the <laughs> podcast before we have to rate it as explicit. You know, you can also petition the MPA. I, I think it's not. It's no longer the MPAA. It's just the MPA. You can petition them to have more than one. Did you know that? I did not in know that. In a PG-13 that. movie? So, like, in The Martian, which is PG-13, ah. they say it twice, and it's written once. Huh. Interesting, but it wasn't. Isn't the rule like you can't? You can say "fuck" as in like an expletive, but not a, f- a reference to fornication. Isn't that correct? The rule? Yeah, you cannot say "I want to fuck you" or whatever because that's automatically sexually connotated and it's an R. Yeah. But it's just like you know, I'm fucking thirsty or whatever. Yes, okay. It's very dumb. Like there are so many issues with the MPA's rating oh, system, yeah. but like oh, yeah. this in particular is just like, yep, yeah, you can't say that. <laughs> Do you guys know the movie that caused them to put in the PG-13 rating? Is it Ghostbusters or Close. Raiders? It was Gremlins. Gremlins, yeah. Okay, I knew it was like early 80s, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. There Gremlins, was no PG-13, were... so what? They wanted it to be PG, it wasn't R, and they were like, okay, we'll split the difference type situation? Yeah, because it was either like you either need parents to go with you or like there's no kids allowed, basically, right? From, and so... Yeah, from what from what I've I've heard, Gremlins was rated PG, and parents, like, threw a fit, like, how can this be a PG movie, blah, 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 and I think at that point, they were like, well, it's not really R, and that would that would have killed the box office, so let's come up with something in the middle here with PG-13. Makes right, because, like, if you if you watch, like, Raiders or Ghostbusters, they're PG, and there's, like, a ghost blowjob in Ghostbusters, and, like, Raiders <laughs> is, like, really violent and, like, weird, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like... Yeah. Now, retroactively, like, oh, that's PG-13. We're just, like, the middle ground. We're just, like, yeah, like, it's mostly fine, but also, like, little kids probably shouldn't see it. But, yeah, the early 80s were a wild time. What are the rules for PG-13? Because, like, I haven't been 13 in a very long time. Like, are you allowed to buy tickets as a kid by yourself? Or, like, do you need a I think parent? so. I, th- I, think, I think the only one that you have to show ID for or have someone older is R or X or NC-17 or whatever. But, okay. like, I think PG-13 is just, like, Parents strongly recommended, but not required, I think. So if you're like a kid that ha- like shows up with money, hands it to the box office, they're like, you're probably old enough to see this movie then. I guess, or they just Because you care. can't like hurt a 13-year-old. What are you going to do, right? <laughs> right, yeah. I, haven't thought I need to see your birth certificate, time. sir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I listened to uh, you guys' one of your previous laps on this, and I'm in full agreement that the best part of the movie is the guys on the plane with the chipmunk music love it 
Yeah, it's so insanely good. Whoever made that decision, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The choice of song, I would like to know what the other, like, what was, like, the top three. They did, I, I think they picked the right one, but, like, what were the other choices, right? Yeah. That's what I, w- I would like to know. I think about that a lot. You know, like, somebody, like, finally landed on, like, Chipmunk's Christmas, and they were like, it's not a Christmas movie, but now it is. But, like, <laughs> that's a top-tier pick, and it, it works really well. I think the only thing that would have made that scene better is if during the entire part on the plane, Chipmunks was the music plane. Instead of having, you know, the the normal score and everything, just Jason Statham kicking ass with Chipmunks the entire time. Do just different ones. Nice. <laughs> Do you guys agree with that, or eh, is that a little too much? I chipmunk? loved, I loved the Chipmunks album. I had one that wasn't the Christmas album that I like listened to on loop on cassette as a kid that I really, really enjoyed. So I, I'm, I'm a fan of the Chipmunks uh, music's for sure. I'm not not a fan. I, I didn't really grow up with them, but uh, I like them. Joey, what would have been your music? Do you think uh, it would have been Chipmunks? Still, if you were in charge, or would you have gone with another? Oh, let me think about that. Let me think about that. I think Joe has something to say. Let me think of what song I would have grown up with. Kind of kids music type situation. Yeah, I don't know. Joe, do you have something to say, though? No, I I wanted to talk about like what I was thinking about this time watching the movie that's been really like racking my brain all day. The Mr. Nobody thing. The Mr. Nobody thing. I have a theory, Josh, that... Mr. Nobody is ultimately evil, okay, after Ooh. nine, and that he is actually the big bad guy, right? Because his plane goes down, he's disappeared, we don't really know what happened. I feel like they're setting it up that Mr. Nobody is not actually good, right? Because we, we really don't know where he falls. He's kind of in a gray area, Mr. Nobody. Like, he seems to be working towards the common good, but, like, he's never explicitly, like, on a good guy's side, and it's, like, his own thing. So in this one that I was paying attention to, because now I'm thinking about that all the time, I'm trying to like work my work my theory into existence. He sees the rock, right, and like he has the rock, and he like uh, you know has him arrested, and he and he tells him, "Look, you can get out of this real easy. Just plead guilty, say that you did this. I will disappear you, and then you come work for me." Which seems kind of like innocent at the time, but now I'm thinking like if he's a big bad guy, wouldn't he want all of these people that are like threats to him to be on his side? Like he's like recruited the family now and got Dom on his side, right? He like loses Dom to Cypher for a minute. He doesn't know what's happening. So now he's like, I'll get the rock on my side and he'll permanently get him in like like an debt to him type situation if the rock pleads guilty and says he did this the rock can never be in the dss again he would have to only work for mr nobody he's kind of trying to like exile him into his realm of like what he wants him to do and that's kind of an evil plan so i was like thinking about this the whole time i wanted to see like what you guys thought about that trying to work that into my theory so I was thinking a lot also this time. I feel like that theory, I'm going to be disappointed if he's not evil. Like, we'll see. But I was thinking the same, along the same lines. Okay. What he was doing this sort of manipulating whatever. Yes. And I feel like everything that seems chummy with Hobbes in particular seems sort of dangerous. Where, like, he's calling him Luke. He's talking about, like you know, oh, I knew he would get it or whatever. Like, it seems like he's like, hey, we're buddies, right? And... If 
Hobbs comes back, if this thing between Vin and The Rock in real life is not actually real, I think you could maybe have Hobbs be with Mr. Nobody. I don't know, but I feel like there's definitely something here. Malicious, right? It feels weird now. Potentially, yeah. Also, like, Mr. Nobody, like, going above the law to, I wrote down the word maliciously, unlock the cell doors in the prison. Like, he's doing it to get them out, but it also just seems like he's an agent of chaos. Yeah, that's what I, now that I keep, like, watching it and I'm thinking about this, like, yeah, I... I can't unsee it type situation. You know what I mean? And also, if you think about, like, who he's working with, right? Like, Little Nobody is such an idiot. Not only does Josh hate him, but, like, (laughs) they they use God's eye, right? And Roman's like, I know. We'll use God's eye. They're like, Roman, you're a genius. And, like, Mr. Nobody knows. Like, we already tried that. Like, it doesn't work or whatever, right? But, like, it pops up all over the place, and there's, like, all these dots, and, like, they all go away. And they're like oh, that's weird, that one's not going away. And they're like, why? And Mr. Nobody says, oh, because that's here. But the person who says why is Little Nobody. So Little Nobody, who ostensibly knows where they are, like it's not like he was secreted there, yeah. it's just like he's literally looking at a map of where they are. And he's like, why is that special? <laughs> so if you think about it from Mr. Nobody's perspective, like – his second in command, the guy that he's been tasked to, like, raise up, is such an idiot that he's, like, looking at a map like, I don't get it. Like, where, what, what's so special about that? It's like, dude, that's where you are right now. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Nobody, too, he doesn't seem too concerned. He's like, oh, that's interesting. That's here. Like, you think there'd be a little more panic in his voice, and he's just kind of like, huh. Yeah, he's, like, charmed that they were outdone. See, all this stuff, like, points in so many different directions that, like, I wasn't really paying attention to before. Because you just assume that he was good and he, like, came aboard to kind of, like, you know, push, like, okay, he's above the law, but he's, like, ult- like ultimately good. But, so it, it just feels weird, man. I, I'm starting to connect the dots. So, like, things that we've we've said in past episodes, and I don't know if they were on one that you heard or not, Josh, but, like, Paul Walker dying in real life. Even though the screenwriters say it didn't change the story we wanted to tell, it's like, that is crazy. So we think, to a certain extent, in Furious 7, where Mr. Nobody gets shot and he's like, fine, but he has to go to the hospital, it's like, you really got to try that Belgian ale, man. We think that that might have been a moment where he says to Brian, hey, Brian, I'm your dad. That Hmm. sort of pivots into a certain thing. And then in this movie, in Fate of the Furious... When Dom suddenly has a baby with a woman he hasn't seen in three years, it makes way more sense that Mia, pregnant in seven, has a baby and they abduct Mia because that's something that Brian and Dom, like, imagine Brian and Dom both against the family, right? Yes. Like, yeah. there's so many things that the story feels like it's pushing toward learning more about Brian. Paul dies and they're like, hey, this is actually a joke and now this is Dom. So I wonder if by doing that, like, Mr. Nobody was always supposed to be kind and just, like, Brian's dad. Maybe he's going to turn evil, like, spoilers for Guardians 2. He's just like, hey, Peter, I'm your dad, but, like, also I'm really fucking evil, right? Like, that that kind of thing. Yeah. That could always happen. But it feels like maybe by not doing that, they're opening the door to, like, oh, no, he's been evil all along. And that brings—it's a very good point because Brian talks about in Fast Five how he never knew his dad. So that would go. I guess my my number one question would be if Mr. Nobody's plane goes down in F9 and he's disappeared somewhere, why would he be sending it to Dom's team then? What would be the end game of that getting them involved in this if he's actually evil? Is it just he views it as, well, they can actually take down 
Jacob? It's they're still under his thumb, and also he can keep them together looking for him and like maybe distract them is what I'm thinking, right? Yeah, and I mean he's got them working with the Shaw brothers now too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like so so Mr. Nobody's been rounding up like all the baddest dudes in the world, and like the only one that like isn't under his command right now is Cypher, right? You think Cypher is actually a a good guy? <laughs> no, I think that he just doesn't have control of Cypher and like and she's like a power threat to him. So he's like now amassed. Dom, Hobbs, the Shaw brothers, they're all working for him and he's like, "Okay, cool. I can like either get them to go kill Cypher to like wipe her out or I can get them to go like capture Cypher and bring her to me and like round her up into my plan too so that I'm above her." Well, like, what's weird about that is that she says in this movie that, like, you thought you could take down two of my teams and I wouldn't come for you. Like, Braga's team and Owen's team and then Deckard, like, all these people, like, he's amassing assets that were once ciphers. So it's this confrontation mm. again there. So, there like, I think that's what, a good point, too. Yeah. I think what Josh is saying, like, Cypher could be good. Like, if Mr. Nobody is actually evil and that family has to turn against him, like, they might have to team up with Cypher. I don't think that's the direction they're going, but I can sort of see that. Like, is that what you were saying, Josh? That, like, Cypher could be good if Mr. Nobody is bad? Yeah, potentially. It's like, why is he going after her? I could see it, listening to Joe talk, I, I could see it as a rival. I, I see where that would go in, so Cypher and Nobody. Uh, wouldn't it be interesting if, like, that was her dad, and her and Brian are brother and sister, and they didn't know it? I mean, is anything is anything off limits with this series? Because I don't think so. I don't. I, and we we think that like Cipher has to be, re- like we've we've tied Cipher into a relation to someone so many times that she's like a long lost sister of someone. Yeah, like I think Joey and I have definitely talked about the possibility that her and Brian were brother and sister, right? Yeah, we we've thrown that out there for sure. I mean, like, well, we've thrown everything out there, Josh. Like, but, but yeah, I'm, but, like, I'm, well, yeah, you guys have what two hundred and how many episodes? Two hundred twenty-seven. This is the tenth time through the movies. Man, also, you I think guys the music awesome. song would be. The, I think the song. I think the song would be the Rugrats theme. I think that might be my. That oh, might be. That might that's be a good one. That's They'd have to have it on repeat a lot, but yeah, I could see. Yeah, it's very short, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'm glad this came out a year or two when it did instead of a year or two later because like it, it was very close, I'm sure, to being Baby Shark. I know. Oh, oh that would have been bad. I don't mind Baby Shark, but I don't need to hear Baby Shark even every four months now when we watch this movie, right? So I just I, want I just want Baby Shark. Like I I only sing the Jamie Tart version from Ted Lasso every time. Jamie Tart, that one for sure. Yeah. So I do like you guys' theory though that this was probably going to be Brian and Mia who were kidnapped instead. Instead of Dom turning his back, it would be Brian. That makes complete sense. Now my question would be, would they have killed off Mia? I don't think so. I don't they have no problem killing off the female characters in this show. <laughs> I know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, but like we already basically instead. written, we basically already written Elena off, right? So, And the, they love shelving Mia. Like she's just like, totally not in this and they're fine with that so they're like we didn't kill her but like she's not here either so that's cool and And then she just somehow manages to get all the way to the secret hideout in f9 from wherever they are i mean i guess there's a deleted scene there's a deleted scene that kind of explains it yeah that she like she meets up with dom and dom's like go take care of like take baby brian to brian and then meet us 
that like oh, spoils that the reveal. Yeah, it it spoils the reveal of her showing up at the hideout, but also explains why she's behind them. Now we just need the deleted scenes to actually show how Han came back instead of the old Emperor Palpatine. Oh, he's back. How did that happen? <laughs> oh, we're just going to... See, that's another time where I love Rome, and he's like, are, are we not going to talk about how you avoided right. a, a car blowing up? And he's like... Well, back when uh, you know I first went to Tokyo, it's like okay, exposition time here. We're, we're, but we're not getting answers. Nope. Do you guys think that the baby's name at the end instead of Brian should have been Paul? Yeah, hundred percent. We talked a about that. Thousand percent. I yeah. It makes no sense in universe for it to be Brian. It's crazy. I agree. I agree. And why was Owen Shaw not at the barbecue? Uh, I think we've asked about that too. I don't know. Unclear. But and like, how, how did he get out of pri- like? There, like, he's in. Max well, how did he get security. off the plane? Is have they? How did anybody get off the plane? Right. That too. Yeah, that too. And he had a trait last time we had seen him. In 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 fate at the very beginning, he had a tracheotomy going because that's where his breathing machine was. So oh, I think seven, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the pilot's fine. So I think they just got the plane to land just fine because Owen's in the cockpit with the pilot. Is the pilot just so piloty? He's just like, yeah, man, we'll just like land the pl-. like. He doesn't like actually work for Cipher. She was chartering flights too. I could see that, and even if he was working for Cipher, if you got a automatic weapon at your head, yes, sir, you're the boss now. That's true. That's fair. Yeah, he does have guns. That's yeah, yeah makes sense. Obviously, Deckard's bringing Brian to the barbecue, but where's Owen? I-, I don't know. Owen didn't get the invite. Did Mister Nobody not send him? And then he's not in Hobbs and Shaw either, so it's like, he's just like, you know, the, I guess Helen Mirren was right, that he's just like the, you know, scapegoat child that nobody really thinks about, and he just got sent off on his own. And he doesn't really do much work, I mean, he pretty much heads straight to the cockpit, whereas Jason Statham is the guy who takes out all the baddies in the plane. Yeah, but that makes so much sense, he's the transporter. (laughs) What you guys is, uh, top choice of meat at a barbecue Ooh, always brisket for me i judge all barbecue based on like the brisket at the place i like ribs i like pulled pork like i'm, I'm a big fan of all barbecue things but i think that like brisket is the test like that's the that's what you should really mm-hmm. gauge it on and and i love ordering brisket and especially like burnt ends but now that takes a long time at a barbecue so if it was uh like on so a grill like a cookout a cookout. yeah 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 if we're talking a backyard thing, I'll just go a burger because I think like you can get a nice char and a burger Dogs. on a grill. Yeah. If you're going to a barbecue restaurant, like a like a joint, like in Austin, like I lived in Austin for two years, mm-hmm. I still don't really know how to order brisket because there's so many different ways you can order it. Burnt ends are great, but like a turkey, if a, if a place is a good barbecue turkey, Ooh, unbelievable. Okay. Yeah, brisket's great. Out out here in Houston, I have a ton. If I'm doing a backyard one, I always like my go-to is steak, and I marinate it in whiskey. That's, yeah, bourbon marinades are very, very good. I'm a big fan as well. Yes. Yeah, Excellent. yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, if you have time to prepare for this uh, Toretto cookout, surely you'd go some higher meat. I mean, it's not like they are so poor they need to go to Kroger to buy the 90-10 burger meat, right? They oh, no, afford- this is this is an event. This is for sure an event. Like, they're on a rooftop in New York City, Seems right? Catered. So, like- Seems catered almost, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like a real co- like like they have like hors d'oeuvres and stuff it looks like you're like come on man like 
And at this point, Cypher probably has access to satellites again, so she's probably sitting there in whatever layer she's at watching these suckers have a uh, a barbecue celebrating their win. That probably pisses her off even more. Yeah, maybe she gets captured because she's just, like, so distraught because she's so angry. She's just like, God damn these or guys. Hungry. And then she gets captured before nine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have, a, I have a question about Cypher. I don't think we've talked about it here, but we see when they when they show that Cypher, like they, they explain who she is. And Ramsey's like, no, Cypher's an organization. They're like, no, Cypher's a woman. She's got short hair. And clearly in this movie, as we've talked about over and over and over again, she's got the white girl dreads. Yep. Right. Do we think that, because there's a chance that stock image is like four or five years old, whatever, and she just hasn't cut her hair since. Or do we think that the dreads are a weave? And if so, why choose that? Well, she had to blend in. She had to blend in in Dawn's honeymoon because we don't know if she just got there, or but clearly she's been scouting them out a little bit. So to kind of blend in with the locals, she probably you know went to the local hair place. And so got you it think done. she had like long blonde hair, and while in Cuba scouting out Dom, she had it braided. Yes. So she looks like an island tourist, like a girl that shows up <laughs> on Jamaica and gets her hair done off the cruise ship. So yeah. she's only appropriating black culture to fit in while undercover for like a couple days. Yeah, that seems yeah. about right. And maybe she put it on and was like, I, I kind of like this. This is nice. That's slightly better. That's like, it's still not a good <laughs> explanation, but it's slightly better than what we've had. What would have been is. the other explanations? Oh, just that she's co-opting black culture. Like, like, <laughs> I like to think that, like, like along the lines of what Josh is saying, is that, like, it is kind of a disguise. And that I'm sure that she has multiple, I mean, we've seen her in three different hairdos now, right? The picture, nine, and this. That I think she just needs to constantly change and evolve to just, like, stay fluid that like that nobody can really be like oh the chick with the dreads that's cypher and it's like no she had the dreads last time and then now she has short hair then she has long hair whatever whatever right so what's her hair gonna be for 10 i, I don't know undercut like buzzed undercut i mean she could she could just rock the furiosa buzz head again right yeah, so that's if she wants to keep too. going shorter i don't know man she's just we did a whole podcast about her i've seen every single one of her movies she's one of the most beautiful actresses in Hollywood, and she keeps picking these weird-ass hairdos, <laughs> and I don't understand it. Hey, man, there's something for everyone, right? Flavor of the week. I am not a fan of her hairstyle in Nine, for sure. The Karen cut? Yeah, no, yeah, thanks. not not the best. Not the best for her. I get it. Not for me. And I do feel bad. They didn't even give her, like, an enclosed bathroom or anything in that clear cell. I know that's just yeah, like how to, does she pee? Nine, but I yeah. agree. Or change her clothes. She's changed her clothes at some point. Do you think that Cypher is like modest or do you think that she's one of these like I will oh. change in front of anyone? Oh, she's not modest at all. 100%. Okay. <laughs> her confidence is just so exuding that she's just like I can change in the glass box. You guys can look if you want. <laughs> well, then she probably like takes names to be like I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to ah, kill you. Ah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense too. I like that. Yeah. What do you guys think was your favorite action uh, piece from this movie? Like, just just real quick scene. Obviously not, like, the whole sub thing, but was it... Oh, it's, like, it's the Cuban Mile. It's the Cuban the Mile. The Cuban Mile? And how long is the mile? I think it's a mile. I think it's a mile. I think it's not... Because he says we're not doing a quarter mile, we're doing a Cuban Mile. It might not be... Maybe it's the metric system. I don't know. But I feel like... 
Cypher says that Dom's cousin almost killed him with the motorcycle. Is that true? Wait, what? Say this again? There's a line when Cypher is at Dom's car, and she's like, he's like, I think it's this thing. She's like, I know. And she's holding the part. She says that, you know, Dom's cousin almost killed, you know, your cousin or that guy, a guy almost killed you with a motorcycle and you let him keep his car. And I'm like, do we see that? Do we see him almost die? Like, he almost dies because the car explodes, but like, it has something to do with the motorcycle. Or that happened off screen. No, the motorcycles were like, he had got the motorcycle guys to like interfere in the race. And I think that's what she's referring to. When he called him on the walkie and was like, take him down. Mm, yeah there which you why do you even have that contingency plan do you not have confidence that you can beat that piece of junk anyways it's not when you're racing dom toretto i guess i guess not since he can you know throw it in reverse when it's on fire and still win the race the last thing that i have that i noticed this time is is a thing that joey i think that you will enjoy when roman is like you know chasing the submarine in his car or whatever and like he's like gonna go underwater, he's like, I don't want to go swimming, and all I could think of was call me by your name and being like, this is the exact opposite of that, like not let's go swimming, but I don't want to go swimming. Oh, speaking of Timothy Chalamet, Alex messaged me on Instagram last night saying that he was referenced in How I Met Your Father. Oh, and he's like somewhere in Connecticut. Joe just got really excited. He doesn't know why. <laughs> Are you I a Chalamet TV fan, show. Joe? I'm a huge Chalamet fan. And I try to put him in all kinds of movies. Like, the, like whenever somebody's like, who would you cast as this guy? It's always Timothy Chalamet. Where, where, what role would he play in this series? I think that he could be, like, Cypher's uh, henchman. I think he would be, like, a good second like second in command to Cypher. What if we re- had, a, like, a weird jump ahead and he was little Brian? I, I could tolerate that, too. I, I, but I would just, like, want him to have, like, a, a substantial role. I think gotcha. that he deserves that. Josh, do you have any other thoughts, any other notes, any other questions? Because I have a couple more things, but I want to let I want to let you get your all your thoughts out before I. Yeah, that's all quickly. the that's all the notes I had. So I'm curious to to hear your since you took so many notes on this. Yeah, so we see Letty pick her way out of the handcuffs when they're all yeah. around the table, and yeah. I just thought of the line that we hear so often in the franchise: "I had a life before you knew me." Like clearly, she can, you know, she's been in trouble before; she's gotten her way out of it. But like just seeing her pick her, it's just like, yeah, she's a she's a woman who knows her way around some things, right? So that's pretty cool. That is really cool. When Roman is disclosing his plan to use God's eye, he kind of does the John Cena, you can't see me kind of thing. Like, he doesn't do it like that, but he, like, waves his hands in front of his face like that. And I'm like, oh, all right, just wait. Just you wait. (laughs) When they call for backup, they're like, I don't even care. Send in the goddamn Boy Scouts. It's like, can you imagine if they did send in the Boy Scouts? Like, what they would do? Like, we're we're, we're 12. Like, what, what are we supposed to do? Like it's robot cars we're 12 <laughs> yeah oh what one interesting thing about that scene have you guys seen the new matrix yet yes i have not but go ahead so that the new matrix totally ripped off that scene in fast and the furious when they have the cars coming from the buildings because in matrix resurrection all the people yeah. are jumping out the building yeah it works much better with the cars that. yep I, I think the zombie cars could still be better. I actually kind of like it better in the Matrix than in that, but I think they're both. It's scary to see them just like things falling that shouldn't be falling, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, I was a, a bigger thing is I was sort of surprised at how much of this movie is about parenthood, which I know is obvious because it's the one where we know that Dom is a dad, but Dom recruiting Queenie because of her like knowing he can 
play on her mother role, right? Like, I'm a dad now. I know now what I did to your to to you in like you know attacking, fighting, injuring, sending to prison your sons. I feel bad about that. There's also like a weird element where Cipher is like saying about like all the stuff that you know Dom has done to her, and her response is basically like. I recruited you, told you I had a kid. Like, I'm a good guy. It's it's a weird kind of like, you did this, you ruined this, you ruined that, you cost me all this money. And like, I let you know that you have a kid. It's just like, hey, like we're. It, it's a weird parental, like there's such a like, strong theme of that running throughout that like is both obvious, but I feel like we haven't talked about enough as a theme in this movie. Do you think it was a choice that they made knowing that fans that had started the Fast and the Furious at an age-appropriate time when the first one came out might be becoming parents at this point? Yeah, maybe. Mm, that's a really good point. Because how, how long would it have been between 2001 to which is this one, 2017? Yeah, so like if you're 10, you're suddenly 26, yeah. Yeah, that, that I think might explain it. That's my thoughts on it. And that also could have been, uh, you know, Vin Diesel having that idea. Since he oh, yeah, producer. him becoming a parent. Like, the, actually, mm -hmm. them, the actors themselves becoming parents. Yeah, very yeah, true, because yeah. Jordana Brewster had some kids at this point, so... Real quick, when do you think that Dom had the ability to call Queenie and call the Cuban guy and get all that set up? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, like, does he have, like, some secret trap phone that he called her on? I, I can't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, was he, like, on the, was he on the John texting, like, hey... I'm stuck in a plane. <laughs> yeah. Can you guys do this for me? In which case, why didn't he tell Letty? Look, shit's weird. Just trust me. I think the only other note that I have that's sort of a bigger thing is there's a line when they're in the toy the the, the, the toy workshop, or whatever they call that house, like after the fish truck, right? And they're like looking at all mm -hmm. these things. Yeah. And they're talking about the tank that tej eventually uses and tej is like yeah the army uses this like there's there's thankfully for us like a seat in here but they're using this as an automated thing to like so you can kill targets from a mile away right okay and then later at the end of the movie when dom is turning on cypher and he turns on the guy from game of thrones and he says to him <laughs> quote i don't pick a target from a mile away and I feel like, again, this is kind of the, the through line of our family is railing against technology in a way that's either used by the military or by Cypher, even though we have like the world's like or two of the world's three best hackers, apparently, on our team. Yes. We hate technology. We do not like technology as a family. No. And we much prefer street fights, which we saw in Seven, where Dom said, like, you thought it was going to be a street fight. You're goddamn right. Like, there's something about hating technology and wanting to get your hands dirty that Tej and Roman express in the warehouse and Dom does again at the end here. I'm just like, that's the movies are becoming so techy and Tej and Ramsey are exclusively around tech, but still we hate technology, I guess. So it's hmm. kind of cool. I don't know. It's a weird thing that I noticed. And I'm just like, I don't know what they're going for here. This was always the dichotomy between like Brian, like this is the, the imports versus muscle, right? Danger to manifold also too, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, like, Dom always relates to, like, the mechanical, like, bits and pieces, I can fix it, and technology is so, like, you know, out there and and in the cloud type s stuff that, like, I think that, I think it's just rehashing that theme in a modern way. 
Like, because now that okay. we've moved away from cars and stuff like that, it's like technology versus getting your hands dirty as opposed to muscles versus, like, muscle cars versus imports. Because especially this movie in particular where the villain is truly about technology, right? Where yes. it's like, I'm, I'm hacking, I'm using robot cars, we're against technology. But it just does feel like the whole mile away, they use that twice. I'm just like, okay. Like, they want to get up close and personal. All right, Josh, you ready to play another game? Let's do it. This is called This Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy Do We Have a Podcast <laughs> for You. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird app, and we find any tweet from anyone we don't know, oh, God, and we try to get them to watch the one. show by responding and saying, Boy, do podcast for you. So Josh sent me a tweet. I have a tweet. But before we go through the new episodes, we are going to look back at last episode plus Joe had a bonus one in between. So let's take a look at these. So our last episode that we played this on for real was Furious 7 with Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party. I found Jordy Hinesweek at Red 3 Corat 3 watching Fast Furious 7 with my family. And I'm trying to psych myself up not to cry at the end credits. And there's a drawing in MS Paint that either Jordy made or they found online. And we said, in Dune, we learned that the spice must flow. In Theory 7, we learned that the tears must flow. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. And Jordy did not, because even when I said it, I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense. Jordy did not interact. No points. Joe, you found... Uh-oh. You found Addy at Goose Me, and I don't know what Addy said, because since last week, they made their account private. They did not block oh. us. <laughs> oh, man. They we haven't had one of those account in a private. while. It was something about we also love Tokyo Drift, and then you did the Rick James thing from Dave Chappelle. Yeah, Addy did not interact, so over two. Damn. We haven't had a good closed account suspended blocking in a it's while. Been a while. It's been a yeah, while. Yeah, Josh, there was a streak of like literally three or four times in a row where like it was almost always Joe would tweet at somebody, and like they wouldn't <laughs> block us, they would get suspended. Like they're just like something like they're just getting into the starting shit on Twitter. So. <laughs> Yeah, like immediately, like in the week it took or two weeks it took. So, so you saying Joe is like cancel culture? Is that what you're? Yeah, no, he's just like he's drawn to cancel culture. <laughs> yeah. I think the magnet of it. Yeah. Brian found Boozor at Kunmi. Black Widow cannot even beat Ronda Rousey. Hell, she can't even beat Vin Diesel's girlfriend from Fast and Furious. Quote tweeting about which superhero wins: Wonder Woman or Black Widow. And we said, we're like, we don't remember. We can't we can't parse this for shit. Widow doesn't stand a chance because Wonder Woman also has a power of family. Boy, do we have a podcast for you? <laughs> of course not. Why would they? <clears throat> and then Brian also played for charity at Couple of Emojis JPEG at Johnny Dev. And it was the Wordle thing where it yeah. was the, his guesses made it look like the buildings in Furious 7. Yeah. We said, Chico, nosotros, Chico, nosotros tenemos un podcast para ti. Boy, do the podcast for you in Spanish and O for four. But then, Joe, you found in our transporter episode. Yes. Because we were talking about the pledge drive, which is now over as this comes out on the main feed. Fuck. Okay. You found read a book at Knowing Santo. Someone buy me Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift on DVD, please. And we said, hey, if you're still <laughs> looking for someone to buy this for you, join our Patreon and we'll send you a signed copy of Tokyo Drift on DVD. Boy, do the podcast for you. And no. So not only do we oh. get 0 for 4 last time, but this bonus one also swing and a miss. That was a pretty good offer you guys made there. We're good at the game at finding tweets. We are very bad at actually succeeding. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, Josh, you sent me yours last night. Can you please read the tweet, who it's from? Uh, You're responding to someone, but read, you know, sort of set it up, who it's from, what they say, and then how you want us to customize the tweet to engage with them. Or we're going to send it from our account. I did some digging, and I found this one from August 6, 2019. It was Jim Vavoda, and it was in response to somebody saying they should have a uh, tell-all documentary about behind the scenes. And he said, for a series all about family, they sure seem to fight it out in public all the time. It does seem like we've split into Tim, Team Vin and Team Rock, which means the only recourse now is Fast and Furious Civil War. Okay, oh, beautiful idea. <laughs> Who would you guys be? Would you would you be Team, team Vin or Team Rock? So we have to be, I think politically, we have to be Team Vin. Makes we sense. don't agree with it, and the and the methods <laughs> that are being used, they they seem very mali- manipulative. But Joe, you said all of this. You think all of this is just wrestling thing, and, and I it's I all did. I we did think it was wrestling promo for a very long time until the most recent Vin calling him out in the rock, being like Vin's just full of shit type situation. That he <laughs> replied about it, and I was like, Ugh, okay, this seems bad. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, we hope that it's still wrestling promo, but it feels very unlikely at this point. So Josh, we are going to like and retweet this from our account, but how would you like us to respond to Jim? It's also going to go to the Eric Goldman, uh, who said the first thing, you know, right. quote the, the thing he's replying to, but how would you like us to customize it? Because it's going to end with Boy to a Podcast for you and a link to our show page, but we're going to customize the message however you want up front. So what would you like to say to Jim? Um, it seems like Civil War would be the perfect ending for this incredible franchise. Perfect. Joe, I got your tweet. Please hit us with yours. I think that I hit a fucking home run here. Okay? <laughs> I'm really excited. Josh, he also says that almost every week. Or not, not more than half no, the time. Che- no, no, no. Check this one out, dude. It's Emily underscore Fast Saga FR with a French flag. At E Fast Saga. Her bio is... Love Cinema, Team Rock, Team Chad Lindbergh, Team Paul Walker, Team Crew, Team Hector, France. That's what her bio is. I get it. (laughs) Some people make me laugh. They were never there for Chad, and overnight, boom, he pops up out of nowhere and pretends to be a Jesse fan and Fast and Furious fake fans. Basically, I'm a big fan. I followed from one to nine. I've always been there for Chad. It's my Jesse, me, I'm real fan, 100. We... Uh Love Jesse as well, and we were with you from the beginning. You seem like a person that would fit right in with us. Something along. I'm just, I'm spitballing because a lot of words. I know. I was gonna say that's a limit. that's a lot of characters there. A lot of character limit, and then boy, do we have a podcast for you. We love Jesse too. We've been there since the beginning, right there with you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Perfect. E fast saga. Come on, that that should respond. And also listen, right? E fast saga. It should. It never does. Okay. <laughs> I found Ashwin Shetty at Shetty thirteen, who two weeks ago. Hold on, what's Jason saying to us on Twitter? Fast and Furious ten filming location revealed by Vin Diesel. What is it? London. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Fast is back in London amongst many new locations around the world. For the finale of Fast, hope to make you proud. All love, always. And he posted a picture of himself with Paul and uh, Tyrese. So, 
old picture, but, you know, I guess from Fast and Furious 6. But okay, cool. Oh my god. Joe, response, like, and retweet from Emily already. Whoa. It's eight points. She says, yes, fist bump, 100. Aw, thank you, my friend. Told you. Perfect. Fuck it. Eight points. Congratulations. That one's awesome. I knew that. I mean, E-Fast saw, like, that one was a hit for sure. What did you search for that? I'm not, I'm fucking giving up my honey hole for you. (laughs) It was a Fast and Furious big fan is what I searched for. (laughs) I feel like somebody was gonna be like, I'm the biggest fan. I I did biggest fan at one point too. So like. Oh, and she's following us now too. That should be an extra point, a bonus point. Fine. Well, well, and she liked three other tweets. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Killing it. Okay, go ahead. I found Ashwin Shetty at Shetty. I, I know that this is good for both of us. I'm still upset. That you I don't just want you lost. The okay, yeah. fine. Ashwin Shetty at Shetty13, two weeks ago, tweeting at Vin Diesel, F10 and 11 story could and should incorporate with the Transporter series and the Italian job. Perfect. Seems Ooh. like they could serve as Deckard Shaw and Cypher's origin stories. Fuel for thought. It, well, we we I think we decided that both well Italian job definitely Andy's handsome Rob, which also means Cipher possibly, but the transporter is like transporter two set in Miami that that's too fast too furious. So I like how this Emily girl her her profile not her profile picture but her header one is the Rock drinking his tequila. Yeah, I it was too good. I just knew that this was like a nice <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying. We lost our minds when Shaw said in Hobbs and Shaw that as many was from a previous job. Having just watched Trans- Transporter series, we'd love for Frank to be the same guy too. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Perfect. I like it. Did you already get a like and a retweet and a reply? Oh, no. Sorry. That was just me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, thank you so much for joining us. This is an absolute delight. Uh, long episode because Joe and I, it feels like we watched the movie for the first time <laughs> yeah, in a while. Does, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. No, guys, the pleasure was mine. I had a great time. So now you have your own podcast that you have had Joe on, and I'm not upset that I have not been on there because I don't watch the thing that it's about, but please let our listeners know. Joe's talked about it here before. Yes. But what is your podcast about? What is it called? Where can people find it? Our podcast is Whole Lot of Wolves, and it's the only U.S.-based Wolverhampton Wanderers FC podcast. So Joe, too, is a big Wolves fan, mm-hmm. and we bring him on usually, what, we brought you on three or four times? Yeah, and I'll be uh, joining you guys for the You'll next be- one, too. So. Yep, yep. So I, I thought it was a good time for a little cross-promotion, so Joe's going to be on the next episode as well next week. So uh, it's really good. We we have a good time. Uh, we also sometimes play some games, not only just talking about the game, but like this week's podcast, we had a game as far as who has the best hairstyle on the Wolves squad. Hey, you know what I always say? The dumber the hair, the better the footballer. That's the rule that I live by. The kids with the dumbest hair are the best. So who's your favorite? Who? Sorry, I'm hijacking it now, Joey. Uh, who Who do you think has the best hair? I, I think Jose Saw always looks so crispy. That's the goaltender, and he always just like looks so clean and like like just manly. So I like his hair a lot. It's not the dumbest, but it, it's it's probably the best. <laughs> What's his name, Jose Saw? That's who you? Yeah, S.A. Jose Sa. Yeah, I'm looking at him now. He's a he's a good looking dude, right? He's like super handsome, and he's like really tall because he's a goaltender, right? So he's like really really tall. So I was like, oh man. See, I, I didn't dude. let Jose saw count because I said beards beards aren't allowed since some of those guys are so young they can't even shave yet. So Ruben Neves won hands down. 
this week. Oh, because he got the flow, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it, you can find us on Twitter. It's uh, WLW Pod, whole lot of wolves. And we have an episode every week. It's on Apple, on Spotify. So, check it out. Awesome. And do you want people to follow you personally on Twitter? Because we tagged you too, but I don't know if you want people to follow the, the podcast or you personally or both or. Follow me on Twitter. I talk a lot of wolves. Um, I do love movies. So I'm yep. always talking pop, pop culture on there as well. Uh, Joe and I have some some good conversations. And yeah, I'm also from Alabama, so you will get a lot of Alabama football. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, next week we tease in the opening. We have Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. It is Lane Middleton's patron pick for this lap. So we're doing that. Have you seen that movie or no? Uh, I saw it very, very stoned in high school. I don't think I've seen it since. <laughs> So okay. I don't remember much of it. I know that I have I've definitely turned on that movie before. I can't tell you what happens. I see I saw it once in college, not stoned. Okay. And I remember it's a Guy Ritchie movie. It's yep. Jason Statham is yep. in it. It's a bunch of like hoodlum, like, you know, gang like gang guys, yep. bank robbers in in, in London and or England somewhere. And it's sort of like not a prequel to Snatch, but Snatch is like the same characters, I believe, or same yeah, kind of world I love or whatever. Snatch, and I've seen that a million times, so I'm excited to watch this movie. Yeah, we're not covering Snatch this lap, yep. but Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels next week. And then, of course, after that, we're going to Hobbs and Shaw, but Lockstock and also just now out on the Patreon before this is Transporter 2. So if you want more episodes, Too Fast, Too Forever.com. But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family, at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store at TooFastTooForever.shop. And come back next week as we talk about lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Josh Buckley about a whole lot of Wolves podcast, and we'll tell you all about it. (laughs) 